What's happening, weirdos? This is uh, Demi at Did You eBay. A very, very funny guy who I actually first got introduced by on Vine. R.I.P. Vine. Miss you, Vine. This episode's uh, because I had to release a couple for promotional reasons on, on behalf of the guest, I mean. Uh, it got pushed back a little bit. So this one was was recorded, I think, um, uh, a couple months ago, which means we might... I don't know why I'm telling you this, like it'll be awkward for you. <laughs> but we might reference uh, Crashing as if it's... Um, as if I don't know what's happening with it. For those that don't know, Crashing was not picked up for a fourth season. Uh, but... Um, Pete in this episode doesn't know that. I don't know why I'm giving you a heads up. I'm being sensitive. But it's a wonderful chat and a fun chat. I'm here in the garage where we recorded it, and uh, I want to get into it um, as quickly as possible, as I always say. But I really mean it. I really mean it. Uh, If you're listening to this, the day comes out on Wednesday. I uh, do want to plug that I have my Largo show, Living at Largo, on 328. March 28th. Go to Largo-LA.com for tickets to that. Wonderful guests. Guests you'll recognize from this very podcast. Um, uh, wonderful. Uh, why? Sorry, I'm distracted. I keep, I have my computer open because I need to look at like, you know, credits and plugs and stuff, but I keep getting emails. So I'm that person in your life right now. All right, I closed it. Um, so 328. I'll be Largo-LA.com for tickets the only stand-up I'm doing right now. Uh, always super, super fun. <clears throat> and I do want to plug the book, Comedy Sex God. It's on Amazon, or you can go to harperwave.com slash Pete Holmes and pre-order it. Either way would mean a lot to me. I also did the audiobook just this past week, um, and you can get it that way too. It would mean so, so much if you guys would check it out, if you like this podcast where we talk about comedy, sex, and God. I like to think of the book as the, uh, you know, the print version of this show, and it would mean a lot if you guys checked it out. So please pre-order it. I'd love to, I'd love to uh, impress my editors with some pre-orders. And mostly, I'd really love for you to read it, and I hope you like it. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out to the Pete's Picks. Uh, I'm looking at them right now because I'm at my desk. Here's one. Alpha Brain. That's my Alpha. Oh, I need more. Alpha Brain, because I take it every day. I don't know if you know what Pete's Picks are. I don't do traditional ads on this show. I only push things that I legitimately love and use every single day. Alpha Brain is definitely one of those products. I swear by it. It is a nootropic shown to help support memory and focus. It's been clinically studied. It's made with earth-grown ingredients, uh, which means it's it's not a stimulant. It's Excuse me. It's not like coffee. It's not going to keep you up at night. In fact, sometimes I take it before bed because it gives me trippy dreams, but it helps me in anything that I uh, need it to help me that I use monogamy for. Conversations, just good conversations. If I'm going to a party, take some Alpha Brain. Uh, on a date, take some Alpha Brain with Val. Uh, I take any time in the past four years that I've written a script, done stand-up, uh, recorded an episode of this podcast for sure. I'm always taking two or three Alpha Brain 15 minutes beforehand. You can feel it. It's just whatever your brain eats, to function and remember and recall and communicate effectively and properly. That's what Alpha Brain is. I keep it in my car. I keep it in my bags when I travel. I'm, I keep some in my pocket, literally in the hoodie that I'm wearing. There's a couple Alpha Brain in my pocket because I need it that much. I wish I had it in school. It would have made a huge difference for me. But you can try it. 
Go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. Uh, another Pete's pick, a newer Pete's pick, is Kachava. Kachava. Kachava is a Pete's pick because it is the cleanest, most nutrient-dense meal imaginable to nourish your body, control your cravings, and, and basically just be healthy and fast and simple. I got Kachava because I love superfoods. Uh, I love plant-based protein, and I got it to add to my smoothies. Come to find out, it is the smoothie. I'm not just saying that. It is the smoothie. You just throw it in a, a shake bottle with some water, give it a shake. There's got powdered coconut milk in there, so it makes it creamy. That blends with the chocolate or the vanilla, the raw chocolate. So it's not just like junk food chocolate. It's like, uh, you know, super high manganese, zinc, superfood, cacao. Mix that with the, with the coconut uh, milk. Shake it up. Just enough coconut sweetener, too. Not, there's no sugar in it, but there's enough coconut nectar to make people that don't normally like things like this actually like it, i.e. Valerie loves it. Um, it's got 70 plant-based superfoods and nutrients. It's got uh, protein, fiber, omega-3s, greens, antioxidants, probiotics built right in. It's a meal replacement, keeps you full for hours, there's no dairy, there's no gluten, there's no soy, there's no preservatives, no artificial sweeteners, colors. It's incredible. It's got, I can't even pronounce a lot of the things that are in it. Camu Camu. Are you getting any Camu Camu? You throw this stuff in some water and drink it. You're getting more nutrients in one meal than most people get in a month. Maca root, incredible for energy and a little bit of that. Oh yeah. Chia and flax seeds, coconut. You're going to get so many vitamins, keeps you healthy, keeps you happy, keeps you thriving. And get this, go to Kachava, K-A-C-H-A-V-A.com slash weird. Get 20% off. I've been taking Kachava every day for weeks. Love it. Making me feel incredible. It's a super food high. Last and certainly not least, it's right here on the desk, doesn't make a sound, is my Charlotte's Web Everyday Advanced Mint Chocolate. That's the kind that I get. Uh, everyday advance is a little bit more expensive, but you can literally just keep, take a couple drops. So if you get that kind, it'll last you months and months and months. I love it. What is it? Charlotte's Web hemp oil. It's made from the hemp plant. I know people associate the hemp plant with smoking weed, bro. But what CBD is, is they use science to shoot laser beams at, I, this is how I understand it, at the hemp plant, remove the fish concert, Grateful Dead parking lot, uh, 3D IMAX movie, THC, which gets you baked, bro, and leave the body and brain beneficial overall wellness-enhancing, mood-elevating, stress-reducing, anxiety-lowering, wonderful compound known as CBD. Ships legally to all 50 states. It's not an intoxicant. It's, that's what I love about it. Uh, it's something that I can work on. I can read on it. I can write on it. I can focus on it. It actually helps my brain function. It's not something that clouds your thinking. It's something that takes the edge of stress that we're all dealing with off and helps you smile, ease your shoulders go down a little bit. You laugh a little bit faster, but you're still able to function, not just still able, you function better in the world with just a little bit of CBD uh, going on behind your programming. I love it. They also make some wonderful topical bombs that have hemp infused them in, in them as well. I rub that stuff on my forehead when I have headaches. 
It feels incredible. I rub it on Val's shoulders. I rub it on my own shoulders. That is just as much as a favorite as the, as the tincture. So here's what the best thing to do. It's hard to describe. Go to cwhemp.com slash weird and use promo code keep it crispy, one word, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. And if you try any of these products, you'll be showing your support of this podcast, and that is always a nice thing to do. So that's it. See you on uh, 328 at Largo. Please pre-order my book, Comedy Sex God, on Amazon. Try a Pete's Pick. And in the meantime, enjoy my chat with my friend Demi. Get into it. I'm not telling you to do this, but feel free to... You can put your feet up and lean on the yeah. thing. You look like MJ. What album is that? Against the Wall. Oh, <laughs> you off look the like wall. Off the Wall. Yeah. But he's really against it. He's against the wall. You know, Trump's wall. He was oh, very... Yeah. I don't want it. People didn't know that about MJ. Yeah. That he was prophetic. I believe uh, the song mm. Bad was about how he felt about the wall. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And just the whole Trump administration. It's bad. It's and, bad. <laughs> you no are not alone. It. Right. Is for Black all or the, white. Yeah. Black or white is about... Well, that was about real issues. Yeah. That was the one. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to get real on this one, and then we'll go back to... Human nature. I remember when he said Jew me? Oh, yeah. What a... <laughs> Maybe the most controversial move he made. MJ. You know he had somebody in his life that was like, I don't know, man. I don't think he did. I think he was just so successful that people were kind of like, I mean, it's MJ. What are we going to be like? Hey, you cut think, the line. You didn't think like Macaulay could be like, you know, that's a slur. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a thing. It's like my whole thing with Kevin Hart and the Oscars. Yeah. This is a topical podcast. People will know exactly the week this was recorded. Yeah, well, but it's it's already too late, yeah. right? I mean, I'm way too late to the idea. Sure. But, but if I mean, you got a take, maybe Kevin can learn from what you're This about is my to say. take. Okay. This is my take. My take has nothing to do with like who's going to host the Oscars. Uh, my theory is just thank you, Katie. Is just that uh he was with the wrong friend. Oh. You know, like you picture Kevin Hart in like a beautiful BMW. And he finds out that they're saying you should apologize. And then he runs it by his friend. And he's with the wrong, like, hype man. Yeah, the friend's just like, nah, man, fuck that. That's what I'm Don't saying. Ab- absolutely never apologize. That's what I'm saying. Any other friend would be like, hey, just say it. Whatever. If, if he had been with me, yeah. I'm not saying he's impressionable. I'm saying high-powered, rich people in those situations tend to bounce it off whoever they're with. Right. And if he had been with me, I'd be like, what's the big deal? You are sorry. Just apologize. Exactly. Be like, but I already apologized. I'd be like, just do it again. It's just a dance that you do. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? It takes a minute, and then you get to host the Oscars. Who cares? That's right. Yeah. And that's why I believe that somebody could have said, hey, MJ, Juby? But he was with the wrong friend, and that friend was just like, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him what it's worth. Just a skinhead. Yes, exactly. Why is he with MJ? He's got one friend of every type, and he met them all on the set for the black or white video where they were morphing into each other. Oh, my God. <laughs> he just picked the wrong friend. He had 15 friends. What if... <laughs> You were at a dinner party at Michael Jackson's house back in the day, Mm -hmm. and during the meal, you realized you were the only one there that wasn't one of the naked people morphing into the other people. He's got a grid that's just like uh, straight, gay, uh, just like all of the different cross-sections of a type of person. He's like, all right, I got to collect one of each of these intersections. What was that casting? I don't know. Somebody had to be like, are you gay? (laughs) <laughs> and you know, I just saw this. this is uh, not—it's kind of in, uh, a heavier thing to start on. But I noticed that 
I read your Wikipedia. Uh, Deal with it. It's weird that I have a Wikipedia. What do you mean? I don't. We're here to add to your Wikipedia. Thank you. You're the greatest. Let me start with this. I'm going to write that down. We're going to talk about that later. You're going to write down I'm the greatest? That's too. No, no, no. I'm writing down that, that. I don't know what you just wrote down. I feel like I'm back in therapy. Have you been to therapy? I have. I I left it for a while, but I want to go back. I feel like you're not comfortable. I I okay. You told me I could sprawl out and sit anyway, but when I'm doing a podcast, I'm always just like sit yeah. But up. but you can do that, but lean that way. Mm. Just get them feet up on the on the shit. But this this feels crazy. That it, now you look like a little baby. I, that's the problem. <laughs> no, don't just, do that. I'm too tiny. I want no. That's it's not wasn't a Kevin Hart tiny joke. I didn't say KHTJ. No, I'm kidding. Did I do a KHTJ? What is a KH- Kevin Hart tiny joke? Oh, I, you're too fast for the acronyms for me. I don't think you did. <laughs> um, what was I about to say? Oh, I was going to do what a host should do mm. and say that you're so funny. Of course you deserve a fucking Wikipedia page. Thank you. Get the fuck out of my face. You just invited me in here. What do you mean? I'm, you said get the fuck out. And I'm, <laughs> never mind. See? You're faster with the like bits and the scenarios. Yeah, didn't even occur to me to take that like on that level. Hmm. What I'm saying is, you're so funny. Every time you've interviewed me or at, at midnight, yeah, at at midnight. dot net. Yes, uh, I just saw you, James Corden. Yeah, or when I was doing press, and remember? Fest, yeah, you did that interview. I was like, this is the fucking greatest interview of my life. Thank you. It was it's so funny. Fun. So what the fuck is going on here? I don't know. <laughs> You're joking. You're being sweet. No, I, I don't know. I feel like on some level, Wikipedia pages should be reserved for people who have like things to fill them out. And I'm just kind of like, he was on this, and he was on this, and he also was on this. And I'm just kind of like... But that isn't... We, I, I suppose... It's like not my stuff. It's just like podcasts or like... You've been staffing. Yes. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. There's no Demi show. Sure. But it's also like... I'm staffing on things that it's like, I don't, like, no one would be like, oh, this is his, like, I was on, like, The Good Place for one year, and then I was on a show at Marvel for one year, and then you I'm on this. writing. This is writing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like, I I can't, like, I don't think that other writers have Wikipedia pages for shows that they did for so brief a time, so I'm like, why they would I? They do if we remember and love them from Vine! Uh, I was like... Vine! <laughs> oh, I wanted to see how long you could Six that seconds. In, oh. Fuck you. <laughs> I truly was just kind of like, how long, how many, I should set a timer for yeah. how long it takes to Vine. Vine. I love Vine, and I loved you on Vine, and what's wrong with it? <laughs> Nothing. I feel like, You hate Vine, you're ashamed. I'm, it's not like a shame, it's just I always felt this, like, people attributed me to Vine more than anything else, and I was always just kind of like, this is just a thing I'm doing for fun, it is not any part of me you were never like a vine boy yeah but like people still describe I don't me as think a, of you as a vine boy though a lot of people do people but are like dude, you're a viner and I was, i'm always just like i'm doing so many other things this is really just like uh, like you wouldn't call me a twitterer that i know i know but because we see your face yeah it's like more engaging or something so I we guess. go that's the guy i saw on that thing right but i don't think of you I, but that did start for me when i did gilmore guys right and then I, but that's important but you're telling me you were just doing – when you started doing Vine, tell me about that process. It was just kind of – I think I was in college when Vine happened and I was just kind of like, this is fun and funny and I, I can like make stupid little like things with my friends. You just want to do – like Bo. 
Yeah, exactly. I well, just, just wants to do it. Exactly. And it was just doing things for fun, but I was also like already in college for film school and had been like trying to get jokes off on Twitter for so long that it was weird to me that people thought of Vine as like anything bigger or like thought of Viners as a type of person. We just wanted that crop. Didn't it seem like they wanted a story or something? Yeah. And you don't even know, now that I've been behind the looking glass, that's not the expression, behind the curtain a little bit, I feel like they do build stories. So Vine works with a PR group. I'm not saying taking anything away. I'm just right. saying what you didn't count on was maybe that a large platform app was like, let's get some press. Who are our guys? Oh, yeah. And we need, and that story begets other stories that totally. people are like, these are the fucking guys. You know what I mean? And the popularity obviously drives those stories. But, right. And, and I, that makes you of a guy. I also guy. think on some level, one thing I started to like secretly resent was how when people thought of Vine, there was like the top crop of people and they were all just like either awful or like There's annoying. So and I was just kind of like, ones. I guess the people will hear Viner attributed to me and be like, ah, he's one of those. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I don't care about any of this. Yeah. But yeah, there were so many terrible ones. It was, it's a weird land. I mean, that's even the good platform. ones were kind of terrible. Yes. Some of them. You yeah. know what I mean? There were always missteps. There were always, I think, some branded thing. As a platform, Vine, was, <laughs> I did a thing for Fanta once where they were just kind of like, make five videos. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but fine. And I just remember going and doing those five and then at the end looking back at them going, I don't think these are good, but they paid me money and yeah. that's fine. And that's Fanta fine. That's Fanta fine. You do the Fanta five, it's Fanta fine. That's, yeah, I believe that's all the email said. Did you do one that was Fanta of the opera? No, because oh, you're not a forty-year-old white dude. <laughs> that was the kid. reason I pitched it, and they said you got to be a lot older and a lot whiter, <laughs> and have a kid because that's a fucking dad joke. Is it? Is it? Yeah. You don't. You say it's not a dad joke. You're saying it's just a quality joke. I think it's Fanta the basis of, the of your next special, Fanta of the Opera. It's just you with a a, fa- a fan like a piece oh, of the rapper Fanta, but it's cut off. God, your, I don't know. It's cut in half and put on your face. And I'm playing an organ that shoots out different colors of Fanta. Yeah. I was just talking about with Val when I was in Venezuela. We got Fantas, mm. like glass bottle, yes, orange and purple. They're better you know, that way. It was so good because I had been in the jungle. This isn't about me, but I was on a mission trip in the jungle. So we were building a house in the jungle. Then when we were flying back, we got Fantas in Caracas. That is the ideal scenario that Fanta wants you to experience their drink. <laughs> That's in. what they, the CEO is like. I want every Fanta to taste like a Fanta. You are waiting on the edge of the jungle to give those boys some Fantas. <laughs> I feel. Do you remember those Fanta commercials that were like, Wanna, wanna Fanta? Fanta? Don't you wanna? It was like a fever dream. It was. Yes. It was a fever. Like, don't you wanna? Like, yes, I need hydration. There were some who were like, "You look hot and all that plaster. Drink some Fanta faster, faster." I remember that so distinctly. Don't you think there was a trend in ads for a while? Like Mentos, mm-hmm. I feel like started it, and Old Spice really took that ball and ran out of the stadium with it. Was the like absurd? It's almost making fun of like a Japanese or a South American yeah, style. Like, the hyper- it, like Mentos was like. We don't make sense, but it's like a Swedish thing. Mm-hmm. And we lo- like loved it for some reason. I love it, too. And then Fanta was like, we'll do it on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's wonderful. I keep nodding and being like, well, they can't hear that at They home. can't. I want... I'm glad you said that because this is a conversation. Right. <laughs> and it's a conversation that needs to be experienced at home. <laughs> Talking to the mic. Well, we're shooting this with one of those Facebook videos. <clears throat> oh, 360. Those are... 
every <laughs> it's a 360 every, facebook video. it's so funny how many technologies came out after like all the zuckerberg uh deposition shit happened where you're just kind of like huh this seems like i shouldn't get this from facebook at all where they just have a thing called portal where it's like this is a camera and we'll watch you and send the video to your families it's like no wait that's what the, that's one of the things yeah well the, they have that 360 camera and then they have the facebook portal it's just like a video chat like camera but it's like all these things that are coming out after zuckerberg was like okay we are maybe selling your information it's like then don't sell this stuff to us now (laughs) i thought you were saying they were trying to distract us with new features but really they're just doing what they've always done and we should be like hey wait like we're a post reason society so like a reasonable person would be like well this company just got caught for selling my shit I should stop letting them sell my video chats with Nana. Right. And But instead, we're just like, I want to get those likes. Yeah. I want to see what my baby's up to in a different country. We are stuck. We are so stupid. Yeah. That's why advertising works. That's what I always go to. I mean, I'm going to buy everything Google sells me. Aren't you, though? Yes. I did think about doing a thing uh, once where for an entire year I just buy everything that Instagram advertises to me and just see what that's like. But then I was just like, this is the stupidest idea. Oh, that idea sounds like for... a Wall Street Journal like It really like, does. Piece. Yeah, it sounds like the kind you of thing that gets it. turned into a rom-com in a year where it's like, I found love because I had to buy this like weird water bottle that collapses. It's funny that you say that because uh, we had to take baby Lee to the ER just because she had a, a fever. She's yeah. fine. Babies get sick. Babies get sick. Thank you. You're so weak. What are you, wise? Yes. What are you, you, have, you have nieces and nephews? <laughs> no. No. no I had to wait because I was like, wait, I, what are cousins? <laughs> Dude, that is a thought cherry picked right from my head. <laughs> is I have no familial intelligence. Yes. Me when neither. someone's like, this is your nephew once removed, oh I'm like, God. get out of here. Every Just so leave often, my home. My mom will be like, uh, so remember your aunt? I'm like, which one? You have to be way more Dude, specific. Why? This is a passion of mine. Why am I supposed to give a fuck? Like, you see somebody twice. For me, it's once a year. Yeah. Because one group of people is Thanksgiving, and one group of people... See, I don't even know what to call them. Mom's side, dad's side, Christmas. So somebody I see once a year... I said this to Jamie Lee once, and she died laughing. I was just like, I'm supposed to be like, you. this is your cousin Flan? And I'm like, Flan! Yeah. Why? Why? I don't know. I think my parents failed. They didn't give me any sense of like, you know, they didn't force us to be friends. Right. So we're not really friends. And then they're just some person that I saw. And I know our blood is in there. Yeah. But like, what are we going to talk about? I think my parents try so hard to have me get that familial connection with my extended family. But I just, as a kid, was kind of like, I don't care. I'm going upstairs to play Nintendo. (laughs) And now I'm just kind of like, hey, I don't do that anymore. But I also don't know who you guys are. And you all seem to know each other. So I'm just going to step aside. I love it. That is the feeling of family. Yeah. Because I should have been down here, but I was playing Nintendo. Mm -hmm. What were we playing? Super? Super Nintendo or Reggie? Oh. <laughs> Reggie. I was playing Reggie Nintendo. Uh, it's Reggie Watts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. Actually, Reggie Nintendo is one of my cousins. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Might be an uncle. No. Uh, <laughs> I would like hold myself up and just someone your age. It's, uncle. It's my brother wait <laughs> no i used to hold myself up in my room and just like watch like video tutorials for like adobe products dude i was very similar i wanted yeah. to know how to like i the idea that at some point i might be using premiere yeah was like 
a it, faraway land. It is the thing that, like that now I'm just kind of like, thank God I do that because I use them all the time. But as a kid, I was just like, all right, I'm going to put on Arrested Development on the TV and then like hole up in the corner of my room and just watch these Adobe tutorials on how to make like visual effects. And then like I for years, it. I was just kind of like, I should have been hanging out with You're friends. talking After Effects? Oh, yeah. After <laughs> Effects. Premiere. Uh, Maya 3D. I, I even love the boxes. The boxes always had like a, a butterfly coming out yes. of a monitor and yeah. becoming real. Like a, a woman like turning into like pixels or something yeah yeah it's insane apart face pixels but you were that that sounds about right there are a lot of show busy type creative types yeah that just enjoyed that and when i think about that i'm like that's the that's like the origin story when you make your amazing film people will be like oh yeah he, My- was, he was the weirdo and the we just won yes just, just the one good film. film and then the rest are just like huh a weird product placement for corolla mm. devil it's just an M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, I remember. He Devil. went from he went straight from Six Sense to Devil. It's so crazy how much <laughs> gone right to Devil. How well, much like goodwill M Night Shyamalan built up to the point continues. that now everything he does, it's like this is going to be the one, and we're all just kind of like, well, over half of them are kind of not good, right? Well over. Yeah. No disrespect to the Shyamalan. Right. No. You're Big ups doing to what you do, Mister Knight. And look, it's hard to make movies. <laughs> It's easy. No. <laughs> you just watch a few tutorials. You get that butterfly out the box. What I'm saying is I don't even the bad ones I don't hate. That's no, actually same. a pretty good compliment. I went to see, I watched Devil and I didn't hate it. I went to see an insane movie last night only because people were talking about how bad it was and I loved it. Do you have you heard of Serenity with Matthew McConaughey? And, no. And, oh, it's phenomenal. If you <laughs> I mean if you don't want to watch it, I think anyone listening should go read the synopsis of the plot because you'll just go, "What? Why what?" <laughs> but watching it unfold was so funny. Serenity. 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 I wish I could tell you any, like, I'm just, I'm not, I'll tell you after. Tell me everything. It's so funny, but it's just like, you watch the trailer and you go, okay, it's a basic thriller. And then it's very much not. (laughs) What happens? You people can jump forward 30 seconds if they don't want Serenity. I'm about to spoil. To be ruined. Serenity for you. (laughs) The secret is the entire movie is a video game that was programmed by a like a twelve year old boy who is the son of Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey is his dead dad who died in the war. But the entire like you don't learn that until like the last thirty minutes of the movie. And he programmed the video game so that his dad could catch fish, but then reprograms it at a point so he can kill his abusive stepfather in the game to give himself the courage to kill his abusive abusive stepfather in, in real, real life. life. Yeah. Wait, if Matthew McConaughey can do it in the game, I can do it in real yes. life. That is that is a cinnabon of disaster. Yes, and it unfolds in such a crazier way. I'm so sorry if I spoiled it for you, Katie. Katie is. I know you had tickets to Serenity tonight. Into Serenity now. Mm. She's not into. So you're a bad movie lover. I'm an all movie lover. Uh, Well, I'm with you. It's like pizza, right? Like even bad pizza is okay. Yeah. And even the village is okay. Even the village is okay. Fine. I feel like there every so often there's a movie that I just I can't stand and I feel bad about it, but then I won't stop talking about it. What's a movie that you couldn't stand? I'm trying to think the last movie that I was like, oh, you know what? What? No disrespect Mm. to Rami Malek. Oh, fucking Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought it was bad. It was bad. Yes. Like, if you were like, I thought it was great. I'm not a confrontational person. I'd be like, no, we loaded it into a computer. Right. And the computer was like, bad movie detected. It's a bad, when someone's just like, do, 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 do. Oh, that's pretty good. Do, do. And they do that five Every times. Time. Yeah. I want them to be like, 
that's great. Well, what's the riff? Cut to the the stadium. The craziest thing. It was thing, a bad movie. The craziest thing for me in that movie was the scene where Mike Myers is just like, no one's ever going to bang their head in a, in a car to a song called Bohemian Rhapsody. I was like, don't fucking do this to me. Did he say that? Yes. I was too confused because he sounded like Shrek. Right. <laughs> and, he looked, and he looked like Danny McBride. He really did. I was like, why is Danny McBride in this movie? McBride. Get Danny McBride. Yeah. Because it's a Wayne, because Wayne's World, because Mike Myers loves <laughs> Freddy. Oh. Uh, very good. Thank you. I've been working on my Shrek for Freddy! years. Freddy! <laughs> oh, Freddy Mercury! Get out of my office. Nobody's going to... lost it. Oh, you just witnessed the end of... I almost said Journey, because that's how little that movie moved me. It could... It was oh, a, Journey! It was a fine replace from being a movie about Journey. Just called Don't Stop Believing. Val and I... That's hilarious. Yeah. We talked about it for about... Like you, with movies that we don't like, we talked about it longer than movies that we do like. Yeah. Because we were like... What is the story? Apart from, and I don't even give a fuck that I'm ruining Bohemian Rhapsody. If you haven't seen it, you weren't going to see it. You don't care. No, You're you only going to watch it for the amazing performance of Rami Malek. That's what I'm saying. It's, 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 and even then, watch a compilation on YouTube. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Throw it on the tube. Mm. You don't need the movie. Just see his great performance. He's wonderful. But uh, what was I going to Oh, we're talking about On the Walk. Oh, what did I have? We hated it. Oh, what is the story? Apart from his sexuality, which isn't that interesting, yeah, I get it. At that time, it was different, but we've heard. We've but it's heard also stories. not explored in any like nope. meaningful way. His dad, just like the Brian Wilson movie, his dad is just sort of like music is dumb and you're dumb. Yeah, like for two seconds, and then the next time you see them, they're like, "I love you" because you sold out Live Aid. <laughs> Every time I think about this movie, I just think about how crazy it is that. In a world where Walk Hard exists, yeah. that you can't make a movie that's as boilerplate and just like so by the book as this. It's so by the book. It is the book. Yeah. It's just like I don't fit in. I joined the band. The band's a hit. Now on the road. Now I'm gay. Now I don't want to come out as gay. Yeah. Now I do come out as gay. And also, Ooh. it just starts like he's already pr- like it's. There's no time before he's famous. He's like at the airport. There's for no one time scene. when they're bad. No. There's no growth. Absolutely not. They're good when he sees them. They start playing the first gig. They're like, learn the lyrics, Freddy. Yeah. And That's then, the only conflict. And it doesn't seem to really be a conflict because it's, it's still good. not a conflict. Well. Yeah. It's that thing you do where he plays the beat too fast. Oh, yeah. But it like even less consequence. Yeah. Because we don't even know he doesn't know the lyrics because we never saw them rehearse. <laughs> That movie sucks. The whole the whole thing is just tripping to tell the story. It's like, I'm so sorry. There's so much to cover. Yeah. Is there? There's not anything to cover. They just wanted to see how many songs they could get in the movie. That's right. Yeah. And how many times they could be like, I don't know, something we are the winners. Or the, I don't know. <laughs> winners are the losers. No. The champions. <laughs> we could have written that movie in, I think, like a day. And right, just had it been like, hey, it's the same thing. I think you could load the Wikipedia page of Queen into Final Cut Probably. or Final Draft, and it would just be the movie. Yeah, <laughs> like Final Draft would reformat the facts. It'd still keep all the like parentheses ones in there, where it's like source needed. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, pity your wife. You think six seconds is an eternity? Source needed. <laughs> Hilarious. He says it. He does say it. There was a scene in Hercules. Nate Fern- sorry, oh, Nate Fernald does a, an incredible <laughs> impression of Rami Malek with the like fake teeth in his mouth, and it makes me laugh every time he says that. 
He's a, the Jesus is like, I'll put to your wall for your thing six seconds is an eternity. And then you watch Freddie Mercury, and he didn't look like he had fucking the Twizzlers' teeth in his mouth. <laughs> they went a little overboard. They went not a little overboard. It was just, it was just like every scene... He can. It was like having a whole lemon in his mouth. Yeah. And every scene, he was like struggling to like seal the gate. Right. He had to be like get the lips together <laughs> as he went through his conflict-free existence. Yeah. Ugh. What were you saying about, Her- about Hercules? There was a scene in Hercules. You you've written scripts where it's called a reader, where you know it says like Hercules. Or a reader would be like Pete frustrated. Oh yes. Uh, you know, you put it in parentheses, get out of my house. So his was frustrated, and instead of Instead of just acting frustrated, it was he, disappointed. Oh, disappointed! Yes, I know this story. <laughs> disappointed! It's incredible. He yells, "Disappointed!" Kevin Sorbo deserved an Emmy for that. <laughs> disappointed! <laughs> I wish that every like TV show and movie had a moment like that, though, where they just they let the character just go enraged. I can't tell what's going on with foreign movies but it seems like they might be more open to that <laughs> <laughs> some of them i'm sure are yeah it I, works. I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush sure you're saying that all form- foreign movies uh, don't know how movies are made yeah yes i'm saying the world is wrong in america i want to be clear about this yes america is the only one that makes good great movies. can you say that again clearly just so we have a sound yeah, 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 bite with yeah. the out- <laughs> so that you can be put on cnn for that <laughs> of course i'm joking um, so you, Rami Malik, Rami Malik's teeth. Mulaney had a joke about it where he goes, "Boy, was Rami Malik teeth in that movie? <laughs> teeth, tooth, tooth, teeth." <laughs> <laughs> Any who's a woozle. Um, you were saying you didn't want to be a Vine star, mm-hmm. but you were sort of an unlikely Vine star. And then I was saying, I just do the whole podcast. <laughs> do it. <laughs> that I was thinking of you that way until I heard about Gilmore Guys. Yeah. So that was one of the you did. Was, am I right in saying that you were worried about being trapped as a Vine person, and then you started branching out? You know what's so funny is I feel like every single new thing that I do, I eventually get to a point where I realize that people like it, and then I get worried about being trapped in that. Because when you said Gilmore guys, I just now had a gut feeling of like, yeah, but I'm not the Gilmore guys guy either, and wow. it's like insane because people liked it, and it's not like a bad thing to have done. But I also just feel like it's and he, another... that goes back to your Wikipedia page where you're like, it's just a little list of things I've done and none of them are me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because like to me these are all just things like stepping stones that I'm taking on a way to doing like a bigger thing that I've always wanted to do. So I'm what just is that? Like, I, I don't know. I really want to like write and direct stuff which is just so hard because it's something that you can't really do just on your own. Like you need to work with people and that's always been such a hard thing for me. Wait, what do you mean? Like in the sense that I think I a, am a control freak and B don't know how to reach out to people in a way that I can like ask for help or like figure out how to do things. Like I feel like I'm still pretending to be an adult. And because of that I'm just kind of like I don't want to ask this question because you will realize that I know less than I do. Oh, those sounded like two different points. I thought you were saying I'm a control freak so yeah, I don't want to bring other people. So there are two reasons yes. you don't want to reach out to other it's people. It's like one is I one you'll be found out, but one is you don't want anybody fucking up your stuff. Yeah, or like I think there's a little part of me it's like, well, I know what I want out of this and I'm afraid that if I just trust in someone else to do it then they will do it not the way that I want and then I'll have to ask like, "Oh, let's do that again. I wanted you to do it this way." And I'll be like this control Rolling asshole that's like, you know, it's, it's funny. It's I, I know exactly what you're talking about because yeah. I had to get over that 
making a TV show. Oh, you have a TV show? Okay. <laughs> okay. Crashing. It's Crashers. Oh, I'm sorry. On Stars. Great. Um, there's a type of impolite that whenever we go back to New York, Val, Val and I were in line at a deli, and we were getting a sandwich, mm-hmm. and we noticed that being polite in New York is impolite yeah. because you're slowing down the line. So everybody was like, Tur- turkey on a roll. Like that, these are the people ordering. And they go, turkey roll, you got it. Mustard mayo, boom. And then if you're like, hi, how are you? Like you order a sandwich in LA, right. you're an asshole. So there's something similar going on when it comes to like film and stuff, which it took me a long time to realize that like your polity trying to like couch everything and just like, um, is it okay if we do this again? If we, um, I don't know. I just, when I was picturing it, I thought it's like you're wasting time. Just keep the line moving, keep the day working. So just go like, I want to do it again, but this time, uh, can you just please not do that thing with your hands? I feel like I'm not like built for that. I don't know. No, but it takes practice. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to give you hope. Nobody is built that way. Nobody mm. comes out of the womb like, Mom, I love the birth. I'd love to see it again with less moaning and a little bit more shooting out of liquids. All right, I'm coming back out, but this time legs first. <laughs> Doctor, you're going to catch me. you got to catch me this time. <laughs> yeah, but what, how old are you now? I'm 26. How old are you now? Uh, like how this old moment? are you now? It's how a happy birthday, Joe. How old are you now? So you're 26 years old. Yeah. 26 years young. I feel the thing is I'm 26 but I also constantly feel like I'm a million years older than I am. Not a million. Ooh. I feel like I'm like 35. Well, yeah, you're an old 26, aren't you? I'm an you? old just decrepit. Like in the biopic about you. Yeah. That will be one of the lines. I will be played by Kevin Hart. Well, you'll be Kevin Hart and there'll be lots of little people Kevin Hart jokes. Yeah. No, <laughs> Kevin Yeah, Kevin Hart is old you. Yes. No, Kevin Hart is current day me playing for some reason he's playing much younger. I hear you, but he's 26. He's 26. And then Ike Barinholtz is playing me, mm-hmm. and he goes, where are you in my mood? I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, you can cut this scene. But I just go, you go, I'm 26. And I go, yeah, but you're an old 26, aren't you? Yeah. Because you are. And then I look down into my hands, and then we cut to the future where I'm doing something. And that's when it's Kevin Hart. Yeah. And o- that's also where I write <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> my hit song. No one in the band... <laughs> Was like, this is a little weird. It also they doesn't focus it. on the band at all. They don't give a shit about the band. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. But they didn't They didn't tell us why he wanted to write an opera at all. No. It they just, just like, cut to them going like, it's an opera. It's like, can you please? There had to be an interview where he talked about what he, he was bored with rock music. He loved opera. Yeah. Could we see him seeing opera as I, a child or something? I think one big problem with some, some emotional tie. His dad took him to opera. They didn't what have am time I rewriting for emotion. this movie? I know. They didn't have time for it. It needed to be two and a half hours still for some reason. <laughs> it was the longest movie that was tripping over itself to yeah. finish the I, whole time. I watched it on a screener. I just kept having to go like, pause it and be like maybe i shouldn't finish this movie and then i'd come back and be like oh there's still so much left all right yeah. let me just get to the there's still so much left val said to me while we were watching she was like i hate this and if you press stop i'll kill you because <laughs> we had invested we were pot committed yeah we had invested so much that we had to see how it ended. that was me with so many movies last year the, uh, earlier you asked what movie i had hated yeah this I did. movie on netflix called mute with uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Justin Theroux, and Paul Rudd. It There's is... a third Skarsgård? Yes. Oh, he's. I think he's the second Skarsgård. Who's first? Peter? Stellan. Stellan! Peter Skarsgård. You're thinking of Sarsgård. 
What, what do you mean? P- Peter Sarsgaard. He's not related to no. Stellan? Skarsgaard and Sarsgaard. Man. Right? You've been mixing up Skarsgaard, Sarsgaard. And how could I have done that? No, that's a weird mistake you've made. Sarsgaard is Peter. Yeah. Stellan is Sarsgaard. Skarsgaard. Scar. Scar. See, this is what... Like Lion King. Exactly. Skarsgaard. Skarsgaard. Like he's one of the minions of Scar. He protects Scar. <laughs> he guards him. Yeah. And I only know that there's Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan and uh, now there's Bill a, and Peter. No, a, Alex. Alex Skarsgård? Alex Skarsgård. This is all nonsense. Anyone at home is just like, they're not saying words. They're not saying words. Uh, Peter. Why do I keep saying Peter? Because Stellan? I said Peter Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Skarsgård, yeah, is Maggie Gyllenhaal's <laughs> husband. Uh, Don't bring the word Gyllenhaal into this. Well, you this. got Jake Gyllenhaal. It's Maggie already Gyllenhaal, a mess. It's already a mess. Alex Skarsgård is the hot, tall one from uh, Big Little Lies. Oh, but he's a bad guy. He's a bad dude. Yeah. But very good looking. He's very good. That's why he's so bad. Well, also the abuse. But it, yeah. anyway. I mean. How did I get to this? We're talking about the movie Mute. Oh, yeah. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I wish I had seen it. I wish you had seen it, too. It's just unintelligible, and it's like Duncan Jones worked on that movie for so long, and I was so excited to see it. And at three different moments, I paused, and I was like, I won't finish this. It's too bad, and I feel yeah. bad just shitting on it. But then I got to the end, and I was like, I cannot believe any choice that you made. Here. Yeah. He was anyway. in a video game that his son made. It was crazy. No. I w- <laughs> the son? When you, you said to me, when the son made a video game for Matthew McConaughey, his dead dad, to kill a simulated you, version of his stepdad. It's fine. Nobody cares. I mean, someone... No, I'm kidding. If it, you were going to go see the movie Serenity, you're not welcome in this part. <laughs> <laughs> I just, saw it, and I loved it, and I I'm hope kidding. you all enjoy it. You're allowed to see it. You're allowed to love it. Oh, thank I you love, for giving them permission. I know. You know what? If I could take it away... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We were working under the conceit if you felt like I took it away, then I am able to give it back. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I get it. So if, if they didn't buy the take it away, they weren't needed for the welcoming back. I love a good bad McConaughey. Yeah. Gold? Oh. Had, is that I the... Dream. I had a dream. I can... A fool's gold, people right? out of here. No, no, no. It's just called gold. Oh. Am I confusing... Remember Sahara? That was good. Scar's card? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, Peter, and Sahara. No, uh, Sahara is a McConaughey. Yeah, it was like Steve Zahn and who's and the, Steve Zahn, all of the greats of the two. I always want to see Steve Zahn hoist a barrel above his head. <laughs> like he, he just looks like an old timey performer that would be like he's gonna do like those sort of effortless cartwheels, yeah. like strongman cartwheels, and then <laughs> lift a barrel over his head. Like he's P.T. Barnum's right hand man. That's right. Yeah, he's his he's his scars scars guard. He's his Barnes Barnes guard. There it is. <laughs> God damn it. Steve Zahn is a Barnes guard. Barnes guard. Stars <laughs> guard, Barnes guard. He does look like a guy in a circus. Yeah. That's a strong one. Every time he pops up in something, I'm just kind of like, oh, good to see you. <laughs> it's just like an old familiar friend that I'm like, oh, right. He was great in that thing you do, already mentioned. Yes. I forgot he was in that. Yeah. Yeah. He's the bass player. He's in the band somehow. He leaves. He does. Hey, Tommy Hanks. Great movie. He wrote it. Yeah, and directed it. And directed it. Then he's like, uh, I'm gone. It, Never came back to the to the ring. Well, he directed things. He did? Yeah, he made uh, Larry Crown. Should have retired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck, what else? No, JK, I don't know Larry Crown. I mean, it's... 
it's nothing. I, I like that movie, but I also think of it as one of the most okay movies of all time, which I also like to think about. Just like, what is it like the most okay movie of like a year or... Like, just didn't kind of this or that. It's not bad. It's not great. It's just like you put it on and you will not be uh, upset that you wasted time, but you also won't, it won't leave any impression on you. Yeah, I feel like that's so many movies. I did a poll once on Twitter. I was just asking people to send me what they thought was the most okay movie of all time. And I realized Chef is one that people think is just across the Can I raise my hand? Yes. That is such a great answer. Right? (laughs) Chef. And then also, like, it's like the perfect. Okay. Movie. Everyone, everyone talks about the movie like it's really nice to watch. You just watch people make food for a while. And I'm like, fine. yeah, that sounds great. It's fine. Yeah, it's a fine movie. No one would leave that theater going, "Fuck that movie," but no one's going to go, "What an incredible experience." It seemed like a like you took a nap and yeah. had a vivid dream. Yeah, it's it's like doing a crossword in the afternoon. You're just kind of like, oh, well, time has passed now. <laughs> Give me two chefs, I'll be out. <laughs> you need four hours. I yeah, a whole <laughs> Just, four hours to finish this Sunday crossword. I couldn't tell you anything about Chef other than John Favreau does a generous uh, pan down to him chopping. Mm. He's I like, seen look, it, I'm chopping. But I, one of these days, Dude, I like, have I just seen need it. A, I need a few moments. To, I need like a spa day, and I'm just going to watch Chef. Well, that's how I see. You have Gilmore Girls. Yes, I'm guessing. In what way? I'm Gilmore guessing. Well, you'll get it. In that, there's things that I just like watching. Because I like having something on or something. Yeah. And my show, obviously, it, well, for people listening, is Mad Men. Right. It doesn't really matter what's happening. I just sort of like the feel. It's almost like lighting incense. There's yeah. an episode of Mad Men on in the background. You just want to live in that space for a bit. And I, when you came here last, it was in here, right? It was. And um, we recorded Gilmore Girls. I uh, I didn't realize that it was a show about loving Gilmore Girls. So that's the thing. It is in one way, but also I was not connected to it, and I still don't feel a connection to Gilmore Girls. I have so, not watched it since we stopped recording. Oh, it's not your show? No. Whose idea was it? It was Kevin's. Uh, he is a longtime fan of the show. Kevin! <laughs> <laughs> Kevin! Uh, he is a longtime fan of the show and started a podcast just thinking like, oh, it would be fun to talk about it. But I came on board just being like, I'm the one who's never seen it. I'll be watching it for the first time. You'll be reliving it. Uh, and that was a I'm realizing now how little we told you about the podcast when we were like, come on. Yeah. And it's very funny because that's still one of the most controversial, controversial episodes of that podcast, but I loved it. Well, if I was tuning into a podcast to like celebrate Mad Men and some guy was like, what the fuck is this show? Right. I couldn't watch it. Of course. I couldn't watch it. Val watches it. I hate um, – so I, it's not that I think it's a bad show. Sure. I just can't stand like clever, snappy dialogue. Right. I hate it. I totally get that. I started watching, I won't name it, but a new show. And it just had like cute speak. It had these people on a date. And this is, I won't give it away, but it was just like, if you could only wear t-shirts or never wear t-shirts again, which would you pick? And I was just like, I think I stood up and said, fuck you. <laughs> I really want to know what you I'll tell you off air. Okay. But I don't, because I don't want to shit. I know. Sure. As even as we're shitting on other movies, Larry Crown, I I know <laughs> Whoa, things can get fine. away from it's fine that can get away from you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But like writing to me, you, things should be like smoothed out to the point where there's a little intention. Totally. You want to get that level right. You want to feel the writers a little bit, but you also want to feel like a, a naturalization, like. On crash, Crashers on Stars, yeah. I often – I just want to go like, let's just naturalize this. People don't talk that way. People don't walk in a room and go like, 
I have five minutes to get to the airport. Would you give me a ride? Like, wouldn't you say hello first? Sure. Wouldn't you do something first? Yeah. Are you going to sit down? You know, like, and would the person answer right away? Yeah, I can do that. You can just be like, give it some air, give it some something, and Mad Men does that so well. Gilmore Girls is not trying to do that. No. Neither is 30 Rock, another great show that I just can't watch. I just oh, don't, really? I, I'm just not into it. Even though you see it as like, I feel like 30 Rock sets itself so much as like a fantastical comedy world that you're even just like, no, I can't. I guess I don't really like fantastical worlds. Oh, wow. Though. I don't like the ding, 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 ding. Like every line, like every line's amazing. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. Yeah, I, here's something important about this podcast. Yes. To me. Hmm. I want to give people examples of t- of t- and myself and have myself have this happen. I am aware that I'm wrong. Like You're you know, not wrong I, though. But what I'm saying is I'm not attached to the thought. Sure, it's not for me. Is a powerful thing to say. I, the way that my brain is and the way that it consumes things, it's not for me. I don't watch it and go. But I see so many people go. If it's not for me, therefore. I don't understand anyone that it's for. I watch that show. I'm like, this is a masterpiece. This is amazing. Totally. And it's not for me. I don't hear enough people talking that way. Everybody's like, it's my way. And if you like it, you're stupid. Let's start a club against those people. And they can be a club for those people. It's so funny you say that. I was at uh, this podcast convention this past weekend where we did a panel talking. PCP? Yes, we. I did PCP. Um, <laughs> it's the Angel Dust Convention up in Seattle, uh, and we were talking about how you try and like keep yourself from being negative on a podcast where you're just talking about media all the time. And even though, like, again, we have shit on like four different movies in the span of however long I've been here. We love it. I do think on some level it is like I, I was even saying at the panel. It's very important to just start like couching all of your criticisms or like the way you shit on things and saying like it's not for me and it's not up to you to be like i don't like this movie therefore it's bad or like it's there's no objective thing in art like even the things that everyone's like this is fucking awful you find a love in like people love the room there's someone out there who genuinely is like i really enjoy the room not in an ironic sense even though it's like we all kind of see it as like (laughs) but it's bad everyone knows it's bad right but it's just like everything is someone's favorite thing so why uh, pretend that there's any objectivity in art i think that's that's brilliant brilliantly put val also mentioned that uh she we both have a friend they were like she loves queen she's just gonna love that movie totally and then val goes i would have liked that movie before you ruined me like before we started sort of watching movies a little bit differently and also her being on set and then just seeing more stuff it does change the way you watch stuff she was like most people not most people some people don't watch movies and go like that's a little bit canned right you know what i mean they just go like Look at the colors. <laughs> it's like I went to go see that. No, I'm King. not even making fun. No, I know. It sounded like I was making fun because I said, look at the colors. But I think they're just like, I heard Queen. Rami Malek looked amazing. The acting wasn't like bad. It was great acting. Yeah. And I, I was at the movie. You know, a lot of people loved like a lot of people I loved it. just saw the movie. and were just like, It's fun. I don't know why there's anything more to say about it. Why it would fun. we break it down? Exactly. Exactly. But I do also think of like the time I went to go see that Carol King musical, Beautiful, and the entire thing was just like references to the songs that we already knew where it was just kind of like, oh, no one's ever going to like that song. What's it called? Where you lead, and everyone's just like, everyone in the audience yeah. is like, ah, oh, because oh, it's like people love that clever moment. But when you're like, you just see it coming, you just get annoyed by it. And I oh think it's just yeah, the way you you approach media, the way that you look at things. That's the equivalent of when you see a jazz solo and they go. 
<laughs> like you just like squeeze the Simpsons theme oh, into your yeah. jazz solo, and, and everyone like, in the audience oh, goes shit. like, "Oh, yeah, that's a musical of that." Yeah, I. <laughs> there are certain times where if someone does that, like I would like you know the um what's it called? oh my god i just lost it uh let me clear my throat by dj cool uh-huh there are times where like i will hear a song break into that and i just go crazy and then they go right back into it and i feel like the sucker in that moment where it's like i complain about this thing in every other sense but because it's a song i like i love it yeah and it's just i don't but know but that's another that's okay so what we're, we're talking about i actually i think is actually pretty important is that like yeah that is stupid when my mom, who's 74, at the Boston Pops is like, I get it. Yeah. But that is you and me at a party, and they go, and we go, woo! It fit perfectly with that other song. Exactly. It's like, just playing we're into. Like, yeah, but like, don't judge. Yeah. Is I I know it sounds so stupid, but like, don't just don't judge because judging is stupid. Like, actively don't judge. Right. Like, have a beautiful, active compassion and go like, look, this person loves the movie. What is it called? Serenity. Oh yeah, and that's fine. It's just like when I took MDMA, I had and it felt like such an epiphany. Mm. It was it, I didn't know it. I was it. Is if that makes sense? Like you didn't know it, that you were it. No, no, the idea wasn't something in my head. It was my whole being was ah. overwhelmed and flooded with this with this simple idea, which was people don't have to be like me. Totally, it felt. But like that's such a simple idea. But just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not super profound. But we spend so much time judging people for not being like us. At you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it it doesn't need to be that way. <laughs> and then on the other, like it feels like you also become the person that you like in in so many moments where I will shit on something for being bad or like like if you look at this critically at all, you'll realize that it's not good. Like there are sometimes when I watch a movie or a TV show and I just fall in love with it, but then if I'm asked to look at it critically, I'm like, yeah, no, it's terrible. But then right. I'm like, why am I giving myself the the leeway in this one instance, but being critical in others? And it's just it's so crazy to me that you can at times let go of the critical sense to enjoy something that's bad and other times you can just be right. like, well, no, it's bad and therefore everyone who likes this is, uh, it's, yeah. I think it's just like hard. a boxer watching a boxing match though. Yeah, yeah. You're just watching it differently. Right. I was actually, Judd Apatow. I guess that's why I'm so critical of Vines. I mean, aren't you though? <laughs> no. I mean, yes. wouldn't you have, I know, I know, I know <laughs> you mean, like that's not how you're spending your time. Right. But I would watch Vines and I'd go like, that's not good. Yeah. Like they didn't do it right. What? What? Why Brody's got some outside? notes on uh, what you're Can saying. Can you just let him in the house, please, Katie? I don't know why he's out here. Does he, he, ha- does he have a gift for us? Does he have some sort of sandwich or gift? <laughs> don't bring him in here. I love Liberty Crown. We do not want. <laughs> That's what he wanted to say. But it, you're not always that way when you watch movies. Sometimes you're able to just shut off your brain and enjoy it. Yeah. It, I think it depends also on the, the way that I go into a movie because a lot of times I'll go into a movie being like, like told that it was awful or being having seen the trailer and being like, this looks like shit. Yeah. And then just like never letting myself get out of that negative space. But a lot of times if I go totally. into a movie knowing nothing and expecting nothing, then I'll just come out being like, why would I care that I didn't like it? It's two hours of my life. I'm fine. Yeah, that's true. It is interesting how you can carry that in and, and often your expectation is met. For sure. Sometimes I do that with food. Like I'll make a sandwich <laughs> and I'll sit down to eat it and I'll tell myself in my mind, I'm like, this sandwich like 
Ernest Hemingway invented this sandwich, this recipe, and it is renowned. You know, just tell yeah. yourself some sort of story. It is known throughout the world as the best tasting sandwich in the world. Really? And you eat it, and it actually makes it taste better. Really? I feel Absolutely. like that would be putting so much pressure on it that I would just go like, oh, I think it's fine, but I really feel like I should like it more, which oh. I do a lot with some things. Interesting. We, I think we maybe have different psyches. Maybe. Because like I'll do- Wait, are we different- People? People? No, I don't. But sometimes you find similar psyches, Dems. Yeah. You Demsocrat. <laughs> I, every time someone calls me Dem now, I'm just like, ah, that's a different thing now. What do you mean? In the sense that, like, Dems are Democrats. Oh, yeah. yeah. It would be like if your name was Repubby. <laughs> <laughs> Again, one of my cousins. <laughs> we think. Repubby Nintendo. Uncle? <laughs> uh, assist? A sister. So oh. I'm not like... <laughs> I'm not like here to like help or anything, but uh, I, you know, my intent isn't to change you. Sure. I think it's interesting that you want to make films, and the things in the way are like uh, you don't want to collaborate. It's it's not even that I don't want to collaborate. It's that I'm scared of doing it in any way that I a lose control or b uh, take too much control because I feel like I'm also I've worked on three shows now where I get to a point where I realize that my contributions in the room are like they feel like people are just sort of tired of them. And I, at one point I worked on a show and was just like feeling so down. And I just went out into the room and was like, can I ask you guys a question? Do I contribute too much? And someone was like very kindly, just kind of like sometimes maybe yes, a little. And I was just kind of like, okay, good. And I just Hilarious. was like, I, I just suddenly realized, Oh, I maybe need to step back a little bit and not just think of like, just pitch every idea that comes into my head. Interesting. Well, you need, you know, putting together a writer's room, that is an essential guy, I yeah. think. But you need to, like, I'm sort of that way, too. Yeah. I definitely got called into to some people's offices and was like, right. you need to cool it. Ugh. But the other thing that, so, I mean, I don't know. It's so much better. Like, talking less is so much easier to do than getting someone to talk more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So you have all this like confidence and, and you're able to green light your ideas and share them. Putting the reins on that amazing horse is so much easier than getting that pony that's in the corner of the barn to, to stand up. You think it's dead. It's covered in <laughs> dust. And you're like, I think that's one of the writers. But come on, get like, that pony out. I would so much rather say if you were on the writing staff of, of HBO's Crashers, mm. I would just be like um, – and what someone said to me once was they were like, it's more of a conversation. Just like be a little bit more aware yeah. that everybody else is there. <laughs> I think I'm also just like, I get so excited anytime I have an idea that I'm just kind of like, you got, oh, it, maybe this is it. Like, I've, I've, maybe I've solved the problem. People are like, no, we're just, let us just chill out for a bit. Yeah, that's, that's a thing yeah. is allowing for the space and not just trying to fix things. Right. Do you do that in relationships too? Trying to fix things? Yeah. Uh,. I think I avoid problems in relationships a lot of times, and I'm just kind of like, oh, this doesn't bother me. I'll just let this go. Oh, you're you're like me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No, that's, no. <laughs> fuck, I'm kidding. Fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, collaborate, and we're going to go back to collaborating. Okay. Um, no, no, I used to be more that way. It's actually the same thing that you were having professionally is like and i'm fascinated with this 26 year old me yeah. is like fascinated in the idea of how to be like lovingly confrontational and like speaking your truth oh, wow. in a way that's actually more loving than withholding it and this took me so long to figure out and then there's the figuring out and then there's the really like digesting and becoming one with the idea like we were saying about people don't have to be like me totally so you have like a girlfriend 
or a boyfriend and you're like mad at them and you don't tell them because you want to keep things like smooth. Yeah. And then you realize over and over for, for me over the course of like four failed or, you know, ending relationships, they weren't failures that it would have been more loving to just find a way yeah. to like let it out in installments and just be like, um, I might be wrong and maybe I'll feel differently later, but that wasn't my favorite thing. Right. <laughs> it just builds up like this resentment. But, sort but of. that's what I would always do is I would break up with somebody and they'd be like completely blindsided yeah. because they didn't know that I was slowly building my case piece by piece. There will be blood. <laughs> oh, uh, I got it. Oh, <laughs> I'm an oil man. <laughs> But that that I think you and me are actually I, I don't want to say in the majority, but I think there are a lot of people like us that go like, OK, relationships are supposed to be nice and safe and easy and fun. And um, she just uh, said retarded. <laughs> and I don't like that. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to let it slide right. or whatever. But it, chances are it's not something like the R word. It's, it's, it's more something like uh emotionally peccadillo yeah i had i was in a relationship for a while where things were going so well but she just would do this thing where she was unintentionally condescending and she like had pointed it out to me just as a thing that some people have complained about and i was like i'm sure that won't be a problem but it like got to me just little by little until at a point i was just kind of like i probably won't ever get over this i think we should break up and then i was just like completely blindsided her and i felt awful because yeah, of it yeah because i never mentioned it before and it's just this insane thing to do to someone that you love when you're just kind of like I'm not going to let you worry about this because it's clearly just me. And then when you realize it's not, you're like, oh, well, then I guess I have to end it. I know. Yeah. It's a weird thing to have this little lockbox under your bed. Yeah. That you put like close talker, <laughs> halitosis. Doesn't like Gilmore condescending, Girls. Doesn't like Gilmore Girls. And then I think it's so much better to just like, and, but this actually does go back to collaborating. One of the things that I've learned about making stuff mm. is that like it's never going to be um like I, i'm th i keep thinking about jordan peele because he did what you did mm. like he went from comedy and he hadn't really uh made a film before and then all of a sudden he did i don't know because i haven't talked to him about it but i have to imagine even though he was the auteur of get out somebody else in those credits was going maybe Maybe a little of this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People keep people say that HBO's Crashers is my show. Stars. And Stars is Crashers. And I'm like, you don't understand. It's I'm just one of the people that makes the show. Totally. It is so much judge show. You have no like people would be surprised to find out like how many like major decisions I, I'd go like, maybe uh this happens and Jed will go or or maybe the absolute yeah. opposite. And so you need to like find just like in a relationship, you need to find those ways to be honest in real time right and 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 mix them up and on some level i do feel like there are occasions where i find people where i work so well with them that i'm like great well this is a perfect thing for us to work together on but then i'm also just like well, when i have an idea that's just mine how do i find the person where i'm like hey uh can you uh help me do that like i just i'm like how do i find that rhythm with someone where it's like it's entirely my thing and not something that i've worked on with someone else but i don't know yeah, I, I think we've talked about this on the podcast. It, it, you're right to be guarded because one of the more often advice I give to people is if you have a great idea. Yeah. Like, I'm sure to keep with Jordan, he had Get Out for what, 15 years or something? Oh, he Jesus. had the script of it for a, a long time. I made that number up. I think it was a long time, though. Yeah. I'm sure, especially when things weren't really working for him, like he wasn't, he didn't have a name for himself yet, he was tempted 
four or five, six times to bring someone else in, especially somebody that like, oh, maybe you could co-write this with me or maybe you could, maybe I could attach you as the actor. All these like terrible ideas. Mm -hmm. It's way better to like sit on something and wait for those because as you continue to rise, then that great script, do you have a script? Yeah. What's it called? And I'll tell you what it's about. Uh, Get out to. Get get out to. Get in. (laughs) Get out to. Colin, get in. It's called Back to Get Out. (laughs) Back to Get Out. OMG. So you don't want you don't have to tell you I, I kind called. of don't no don't no. yeah don't alright that's what I'm saying okay don't get me involved <laughs> but yeah, you're not the right person what I've said what I've said to people before is you have this like diamond and then some and it's reflecting the light a certain way mm-hmm. but it's your diamond and really the, the thing is the diamond right and, and you worked really hard on the diamond and then someone comes in and, and turns the diamond just one thirty thirty tooth one thirty tooth of a degree to the left yeah and it reflects the light so much better, so much cleaner, so much more interesting colors and stuff. Um, and now they're the co-author. Of, you know what right. I mean? Like you need to be careful and clear. It's like your relationships. You need to be like, here are my boundaries with this professionally. And I had to do that with uh, Crashing, not with Jed, with other people. You know, yeah. you run the idea by friends and they go, oh, that's great. Um, I think maybe – and you have to just be like, I, I need to be clear up top. This is This is my idea and I'm asking you for – advice and if you're not comfortable with that that's okay totally but like i'm not i'm not looking for a co-created credit here right and and you tell like chris thayer worked on my special and i was like no you can't there's no co-written credit totally i can't have it in the credits additional material provided by chris thayer so i'm telling you now don't pitch me something that's over the line of just a comedian giving a comedian a tag yeah don't pitch me something that you're like that's writing just consult because that's my boundary. And and just like a romantic relationship, you get that out of the way up top. Mm-hmm. And I, it took me a long time to learn that. It took me many projects that got split or divided or multiple credits to get to the point where you can just go like, this is my movie. This is Demi's movie. It's called Get In. <laughs> I wrote it. I don't want to – nobody is co-writing it. I don't – I, I want to control. But would you mind reading it and giving some thoughts? Right. Doesn't mean you're a producer. You say right up top, as a friend, as a favor, would you read it and give me some thoughts? Yeah. Nothing promised. I think the problem becomes where when I'm like on the other side of that, I'm so passive and just wanting people to be happy that I'll just be like, yeah. And then I, I go along the way. Like in a relationship, I would be like, yeah, those are your boundaries totally. And then I go along the way and I'm just kind of like, I was never really okay with it. Why did I say that? Why did I say that? Yeah, you're yeah. right. I need to be it's funny you're that. afraid of yourself. I'm so afraid you're afraid of, of meeting someone like you. Kind of like Jordan Peele's new movie, new movie Us. Terrifying. Yeah, they I showed can't the wait. preview for that uh, for Vice, and the theater was audibly upset. <laughs> Somebody, I feel like it's important to the story that it was a black man. Was mm-hmm. like, why did they show that? Like, was audibly going like, why the fuck did they just show that? Right. That's what he said. You just want to see Dick Cheney. That's uh, what I'm saying. We came here for a different kind of horror. Yeah. But I mean that that preview is not a oh, taste. I love it's it. an experience. But I also I have started to tell myself that I can't watch trailers anymore just because I want to go in fresh and like like a trailer like that. I'm like I kind of don't know what's going on, but I feel like my brain will piece things together, and then I'm like I don't want to go in with any expectations. So I'm like I really wish I didn't see it, but for multiple reasons now. I mean, not because it's terrifying. No, well, not because it's terrifying, but because it's like. Well, the whole movie's in the in the. Tra- it's a great trailer. Yeah, it's a fantastic trailer. It's a trailer. great trailer. Incredible. Song. It has a 
musical callback later. It mm-hmm. has them listening to the song. And then later it has like the haunting version. I was like, how does a trailer have like a three act structure? It's beautiful. It was amazing. Yeah. And you kind of understand exactly what it's about. That's the thing though. I wish I didn't understand what it was about. I wish I could go in just going like, because I feel like when I have so much time to piece together what it could be about, then my brain is like just trying to solve the mystery ahead of time. Whereas if I go into a a movie knowing nothing, then I'm like, I don't have time to solve the mystery. I would have liked to seen us without any sort of lead in. I just was so excited to talk about how much that trailer had. Yeah. And I could be wrong. We could all be wrong. So you wrote have to see. You wrote a script. (laughs) I did. Yeah. I've written a movie. I, so I think it's like, I keep jumping between different projects where I'm like, Oh, I have this idea for a movie and this idea for a movie and this idea for a TV show. So I'm just like writing like 10 different things at once, which is the worst way to do anything. Is it? I have, I'm, I have no idea. The thing you is, you need a dash of me. I maybe I do. <laughs> what I'm saying is, that I'm joking. Mm. And there's a way that everything that you're saying is amazing. Well, like you know someone, what I mean. Like if I was your biographer, I'd be like, Demi didn't want to compromise, man. He didn't want to. He 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 used to hold up. Even that thing about like you used to be in your bedroom watching Adobe uh, tutorials. Yeah, you were sort of like I should have been down with my family. It's like. Dude, you're like Paul Bunyan. That's like stuff of legend. I still do that, though. I like will just awesome. stay at home and be like, oh, I can't hang out tonight. I'm working. And then I'm like, oh, I should have gone to the thing that all my no, friends were. No, fuck that shit. Your friends can suck a dick. Get them <laughs> out of here. And also, you're writing this movie and you're writing multiple things at once. Like, mm. what I'm saying, talk about a prism shift. There's the critical, like, it's bad to write a bunch of things at once. And then there's the prism shift of like, you're such a earnest Hemingway genius that you, you're you're scattered over like five things because that's how much content you're constantly pumping out. Yeah, and you're it and is you're, all content. What do you mean? No, I was just joking. But I like I feel like <laughs> like an executive being like, we need more. Content. We need more content. What do you got for us? Isn't that such a funny word? I we've the, gone from art to content. People describe me as a content creator sometimes, and that's the thing that really just hurts the most. Where I'm just like, oh, that's what it is, huh? <laughs> and it's like it's not wrong, it's but I peanuts just on like, the bar. It's peanuts on the bar. You need to put more peanuts in the bowl. On the ball? In the bowl. Oh, in the bowl. Yeah. They're just like you're it's like being called a peanut maker. Yeah. We need these people sitting at the bar. Art. Not not so they'll buy drinks, so they'll buy different Instagram ads. Sure. And meet the love of their lives. <laughs> All the things you do at a bar. And we need you to fill the bowl with salty or spicy peanuts so yeah. they want to buy drinks. It's fucking sad. It is sad, but I also feel like I get it. I'm like I've chosen to make the peanuts. Like no one's being like you got to make these peanuts. It's just I started making. Yeah, but you never called them peanuts. Yeah, it was just it's like I do all these things as hobbies for fun to try and get my name out there and just constantly be like I want people to be impressed with how much stuff I'm doing. But then like people are just like that's a cool thing you're that you do, and I'm like well that's not what I do. It's just what I'm. It's like the, the what I'm trying to sell to you in terms of how good I am at things. And then I'm like, well, this is just a foolish thing that you're doing if you don't want to be known for this do the things you want to be known for and that's filmmaking i in yes are you sure i, I say that but then i also <laughs> i'm just kind of like this is what every person my i again i still feel like i'm just a child like, that's what every child this is that, that, i just want to make movies talking to you and this is this isn't condescending like your ex-girlfriend <laughs> oh no this is the 26 yeah i think you uh look put together oh thank you but you're right on track for your age <laughs> And That's I, the meanest thing you could no, have No, no, I, I, I said it partially to be funny, and I don't think you're like a mess or anything, but I think there's a lot of like, when people see you, I don't think we're thinking you're uh, as shaky as you as you feel. No. Which is interesting, because if you were like, I'm writing a movie, like, 
this, this it's not good or bad. I just wouldn't have been surprised at all if you were like if your framing was differently. Yeah. If you were like, I did Vine, I killed Vine. I wrote for a show. You're 26 and you've written for several TV shows. Yeah. It's this hard. Should to- be a TV show because I'm making like a. I just licked a lemon face. Yeah. Like I'm like. What, See, that's what the another, fuck is wrong with you? That's another thing that's I feel so crazy. guilty about. Is like, it's hard for me to complain when it's like, I feel like from outside looking in, everyone's like, yeah, you've done a lot of things that are pretty good. And I'm like, but I'm not happy. And that's fine. Yeah. But I feel it, like that Britney Spears song, Lucky. You know the song, Pete. Hit me, baby, lucky time. <laughs> that's it. Is that it? She's so lucky. Nope. She's a star, but she cries, cries, cries in her look. Katie knows it's hard thinking. If there's nothing missing in my life, then why do these tears come at night? I love your version of it. Oh. Yeah. But again, even that is like, um, okay, so you're not satisfied. Sure. (laughs) But then it's like, is anyone... Oh man, this is a conundrum. Didn't why did we get here? There's what what's expected of us and what we think we're supposed to be doing. Right. And then there's like what actually makes us feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of people in my life that are like, I want to be this or this. And I'm like, I sometimes I don't necessarily understand which dream they're chasing. The right. one that's expected of them or the one that makes them fulfilled. Um but like when you're talking about what you should be doing and how you should be feeling. It is it is curious, like what are the things that make you feel the most fulfillment? That's the thing for me is that I don't fully know because it feels like I keep jumping to things where I'm like, I love this and then it changes or like I am doing things that I think I'll do just for fun and eventually I'll start to feel a little bit of fulfillment, but then it'll get away from me in a way where I'm like, oh no, this is going to be what people think is my entire thing. And then I get, it's always just like different aspects of doing the thing that is fine that starts making me feel unfulfilled. And I think it's just the way that other people see me doing that thing. I start to just come at odds with when it's, it sounds like a lot of fear too. Yeah. It sounds like, is this something you've talked about in therapy? Cause it's like, I think the, so. every time it seems like we circle back to, then people will think that that's the thing that I do. Yeah. And it's almost like if we were going to be super hippie trippy about it, it would be like in some past life, you were like defined as Jim the Baker. Right. And Jim the Baker kept trying to be a musician. And they were like, make us croissants, Jim. <laughs> and you're just like, no one's going to label me or trap me or, or cage me in any sort of way whatsoever. Right. Including by your passions. <laughs> I do love what making if, those pies, though. Oh, my God, Jim. <laughs> They're beautiful pies. But, like, you know, spoiler, uh, you're going to make the movie, and then people are going to think of you as a movie guy. And I'm sure at that point I'll be like, well, no, I do other things, too. I think it's just, like, am I chronically unsatisfied? Well, that I think the fundamental problem might be defining yourself by how other people see you. And that's why yeah. I'm sort of like, the Demi that's going in his bedroom and watching tutorials... That's actual bliss. That's actual passion. You weren't doing it fantasizing. Maybe you were. You tell me. You weren't doing it fantasizing about walking the red carpet, were you? No, I just... You were doing it because you like film. Yeah. Making shit. I feel like that tinkering aspect of making shit is just so satisfying to me. I feel like the dad, like, building a birdhouse in his garage, and it turns out like shit, but he's just like, I spent a great two days in there just fucking cutting stuff. I love it. That's right. I love it. And then it sounds to me like somebody imposed on you the idea that you make peanuts. Yeah. But you never set out to make peanuts. Right. 
And it's a fucked up uh, lens to see an, an artist through. But it's also like, it's never meant in a mean way. It's just like, oh, I love this thing that you do. And I'm always just like, in my, in my brain, it accepts it as like, that's what you are. That's what you will always be. And then I'm like, well, why have I turned this compliment into something mean? And I just need to be better about not doing And that. limiting. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, crazy. it sounds like you understand what you're doing. The problem is, as much as I understand it, I can't stop doing it. I feel like it's as, it's like just next time you go in that, when you leave this garage, just don't bring that bag with you. <laughs> <laughs> it is that simple, but unfortunately, it's never, no. it's not that simple. But I, I mean, like, there's a, there's a story that we're telling ourselves. So you have this, what you've been doing, and then the story you tell yourself is a little bit different. That's why I'm just inviting you to maybe say, it's not that I'm uh, lack of focus. It's that I'm like such a genius. That's what I'm saying. When you need some of me, all I'm, I'm jokingly saying, I found ways to tell positive stories about the things that I'm doing, yeah. even if they are problematic. You know what I'm saying? Totally. I, I'm always like, there are always going to be people that have a more focused work regimen. There are always going to be people that get up on stage more or seem to be happier or whatever it is. And there, there, I needed to manufacture a voice that said, I'm not going to study how they did it. People are going to study how I did it. Yeah. And that's not really like a, a – it sounds super cocky. It, the cockiness comes in telling people that. So you don't tell them. Right. It's just like a little golden secret you have inside where you're like, yeah, my movie script – is great, and I'm going to make that. But you know what? When you make that, you aren't a movie maker. You're fucking Demi. You're like a million things. Right. And when you write on a show, you're not the writer. And when you make content, you're not the content creator. You're the constant through all of the changing. And and that's something wow. beautiful to rest into that. Yeah. You're the thing traveling through all of those things. I don't know. Damn. I'm just, what? No, I said damn. I'm just trying to give you some more stable footing. No, thank you. But you are, but that is a very, and I'm saying this to make you feel less alone. I think that is the feeling of your twenties. Yeah. That's the feeling. What you're feeling is so many people are feeling that way. And it, and, and then in your thirties, and I'm not saying you can't do it a little bit early in your thirties, you start to go like, yeah, I I'm here regardless. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What's the point in constantly feeling like an anxiety about this? Yeah. Or caring, you can redefine yourself in in a in a snap in a moment. Yeah. Like every moment, every morning, you're just kind of being a different thing, and and you're going to keep changing and evolving. Um, and and maybe this film is is the is the way to way to. I'm excited. What's the genre? Uh, crime comedy. Crime <laughs> comedy. Yep. Because some crimes are funny. Wait. So is it? It's a comedy. Yeah. Broad? Uh, no. Subtle. <laughs> also not... It's it's hard to describe. It's it's just like about a thing that happened, like a real thing that happened that I think is so fucking crazy, but is also very stupid. And I was like, I have to write this movie because if someone else does it, I will never forgive myself for not getting to it. I love it. Yeah. And now, is it done? It's like... I So I've spent like so long writing it that it's just like, it's never done, but it is like... It's in a, a place where I could absolutely tell someone every step of it, but I also have not like written out the script in full. I see. Yeah. Because it's just like I keep going back and be like, no, that's not right. That's not right. And like deleting large swaths of it. But it's like, oh, I know what the movie entirely is. You know is. what you need? What? Collaborating. Yeah. I knew you you need to show that. it to somebody. Yeah. 
it's so interesting, man. I think there's an important aspect. At some point, Bob Dylan sat down somebody and played them, you know, Blowing in the Wind. Yeah, and they <laughs> were like... Is that even a song? A Blowing in the Wind, famous Bob Dylan song. <laughs> no, I, I was going to say, but yeah, and they were like, that's trash. And he was like, well, fuck you. <laughs> I just mean like all the auteurs and stuff, at some point, they were just like, you know... Like a rolling rock. They're like, I love it. Stone? And he's Stone. like, get the fuck out of my face, you hack. Uh, and then he changes it. You want? Just as, This is not even on the same uh, page of what we're doing. You know what I realized the other day? Bob Dylan's voice is the halfway point between Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day and Fred Schneider from the B-52s. Wow. That's great. <laughs> and you're right. Uh, thank you. Welcome to... That's Billy Joe. Paradise. <laughs> Welcome to Paradise. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> He's right in the Another middle. Another turn in plane. A fork stuck in the road. Wow. Stand up ready. <laughs> that is. That's the entire bit, and then I leave the stage. stage. That's stage ready. Good. I'm going to be doing it at the forum tonight. <laughs> Are you? No. The forum. I don't. What's the forum? It's this massive concert venue in Inglewood. <laughs> it's like Kevin Hart would play there, maybe. <laughs> can kevin sell it i don't no, know no. my plan is to go out on stage and just wait until people tell i'm not kevin hart and see just how long it takes it would be immediately it would i don't mm, yeah i would he's too famous he's the most famous he's, yeah <laughs> he's the most famous person yes so how did you we probably should have started here hmm. but what is what is the what is the beginning what is the origin story of you that uh, got to this place of conflict because you have done a lot yeah and i bet a lot of people are listening and they're like i would like to be 26 and to be wondering why i'm not feeling more fulfilled having done so many things sure and with so many potentials down the line i mean you have an exciting future ahead of you yeah uh i i i'm always just like i don't fully know how it started but i i've always wanted to do comedy like i was obsessed with comedy as a kid and watched like every episode of the simpsons twice and like isn't it great what a gift in the, the best show of all time uh but it was just the kind of thing where i was obsessed with it on like this weirdly formulaic level and just being like how did they work that joke off or like how does why is that funny and like just breaking those things down and like i was the class clown and or like tried to be the class clown, were your parents funny no Th- this is another thing <laughs> when i told my parents i wanted to do comedy i distinctly remember walking to the garage and my mom being like are you funny because like I didn't, ah. I wasn't like an openly comedic person with my family. I think a lot of funny people aren't. You yeah. know what I mean? It's weird. We're th- we can be thinking about comedy more than we're necessarily being funny. Yeah. Like I think about like the most naturally funny people I knew in my life. They didn't become comedians. Hmm. They're just out there drinking iced tea or whatever the fuck they're doing. <laughs> we're over here going like iced tea. Ice, ice is in a lot of beverages. You don't say you say ice water, but you don't say ice lemonade. You know, like you're you're stuck in your head, kind of yeah. breaking down. Like, is that something I can make funny later? And naturally, funny people sometimes are just like off the cuff. I'm just here. I'm just. I'm just uh, I didn't even realize that was funny. Right. Whoops. I'm going swimming, and he even <laughs> swims funny. Whoops. I'm going swimming. Whoops. Now I'm swimming. And everyone's just dying laughing. So I get it. My mom didn't say, are you funny? But I had a lot of friends that were like, are you the funny one? You know what I mean? (laughs) Because I feel like they probably were maybe 
more naturally funny. Than I definitely I was. wasn't even like the funny one as a kid. I like distinctly know the people who were the funny ones, and I was always just like in analyzing them. them. I was always analyzing them, but also just like in their like shadow, just being like, "Oh, I wish I was you." Fucking ah! And then like I think when I left Plano, Texas, where I grew up, I was like, "This is a new place, and now I can be whoever I want. I'm going to be the funny one." Is that funny? It is. You it need is. a few key resets in your life. Yeah, you go to a new school, and you're like, "They don't know that I'm diarrhea, damn." <laughs> <laughs> no one knows the story. And then one person like, is that diarrhea Dan? You're like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> Goddamn Facebook. <laughs> they shared the one. Why is there a video of me having diarrhea? <laughs> From three uh, different angles. So you <laughs> so you wanted to uh, be funny. Yeah. But you weren't necessary. I think that is like super, super relatable. But your parents weren't funny. Well, my dad is like funny and like just a charming guy. Like he's the kind of person that even when he's having like the worst day and we're out at a restaurant, he'll just be like joking with the waiters in a way that everyone's like, uh-huh. like he's a dad. Uh, but I also just dads love waiters. Dads love waiters. It's a new person to test out all your material on yeah. and they have to be there. And then- <laughs> so it's just an, a captive audience. Oh my God. My dad makes the same jokes every single time. Oof. And they're W.C. Fields jokes. <laughs> I found out later. Really? He goes, I don't drink I don't drink water. Fish make love in it, Peter. That's a W.C. Fields joke. Uh, I got just, you. I like to imagine my dad just like reading Laffy Taffy rappers and being like, yeah, I'm going to try that out of the Red Lobster. Oh, my God. Of course. Doing that at the Crab Shack tonight. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Hart can sell the Crab Shack. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he can't get the people in the corner. I got them. So. I got them. Was it about the moment of laugh or was it – it sounds like it was more like the science of it. I think – and some – like I think understanding it was the science of it. But I also just think on some level it was me trying to make people like me or being like, well, they can't hate me if I make them laugh. And then it just catapulted into me being like, well, well, there's nothing else that I want to do. Even when it's like I know this person likes me or doesn't hate me or whatever. I'm just kind of like, well, this is my thing. It's what I feel most comfortable doing, what I like the most. And also, just at the same time, I was like becoming the video guy at school because of all the like After Effects tutorials and shit. So it'd be like, oh, every class project, they were like, well, we got to get Demi on our team. He'll do the craziest video, and get a, like a fucking perfect score. And I was also just like, yeah, but I love the tinkering of it. And I was like, well, if I can do comedy and videos together, maybe I'll do that in some way. And so I would like one big thing for me was through high school, I started making these like commercials for this website that was like. Just like big brands would have like a creative brief where they're just like, hey, uh, here's uh, the general premise or like general rules of what we want for a commercial. Submit yours and maybe you'll win money. And like I was just obsessed with like making these commercials with my friends and just being like, we're going to get paid for all of these. And we got paid for like three of them. But I remember just being like, this is the greatest thing of my life. I never want to do anything but make commercials forever. Yeah, You got paid. It was technically the first money I ever made was like making commercials just on like a weird Panasonic like – SD card camera with my friends and like putting dumb effects in them and being like, yeah, this is my shit. What were the products? Uh, one was for Jack Link's beef jerky, okay. which is still like, I think I'm like, that's one of the finest things I've ever made. <laughs> really? I still think it's kind of fun and funny. We made this, it's like Jack Link's versus what we called the Snackuza instead of the Yakuza. <laughs> and it was like all of us dressed up in like weird costumes we could find uh, versus this guy who had Jack Link's beef jerky and he ate a piece of the jerky and then one of us got shot. <laughs> In the commercial. Yes. And they used it online. They, I think online. Yeah, I, I never even checked where it went, but I was like, hey, you paid us money. That's good enough for me. It's so funny. Yeah. I, I think it's a wonderful climate that we live in that there are those little opportunities. Like you were coming up yeah. at a time that that existed. 
I was in my 30s when we were like, oh, you can make the Doritos commercial or you can make yeah. the – have you entered that, I'm sure? No, just because I was like, it's – everyone enters it. There's no chance. And I was just like, if I'm trying to get money off of this, I don't want to just throw it into a pool where there's a billion people. Interesting. Yeah. But you could do it cheap. I could do it cheap. And now I think it's less about the money and more about just being like, can I make something that I think is cool? So I would do it. But I'm also just like – Every I every Doritos, overwhelming. yeah, and every Doritos commercial now is like someone tries to go viral by doing something, and it's just like I, I'm like, what ideas are kind of even left? It's if like you have to be branded. It's very content creating. Yeah, it's it's someone going. It's like Bohemian Rhapsody where they're like, you need another hit like this, and mm-hmm. they're like, we can't just. I guess there was a moment I liked in that movie. <laughs> you learned from Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, I saw my own experience because they said. We can't just make another hit. Right. And that is those meetings where they go, we want a video that goes viral. And you're like, yeah, sure. Everyone yeah. wants. A- yeah, I also means- want success. <laughs> Could we have both of those happen? I also think that a lot of times I think of a video concept first and then I'm like, well, I don't know where that would go. So I'm just like, well, what if I thought of something? And then later on was like, how do I fit Doritos into this? Which is not how it goes. Right. I guess you do have to sort of start with Doritos yeah. and then lead to it. I don't know. You know what, man? When we were doing it, it was early on enough that I feel like there weren't that many. Yeah. I, like, we we got into the finals. We didn't win or anything, but there, everyone else was, like, a film production right. group. It was like, we were the only, like, maybe there were others, but we seemed like the only true, true, true amateurs. Although, no, the guys that won, I think, were, were amateurs, but they spent a lot of money on it. I don't know. You got to put in something that is, like, if you don't when you just kind of are like what what do we get out of this but, at least a video that you made i guess uh, yeah if nothing else it's a very good reel for you to show other people right yeah right well commercials eh, that's what i have for that well well commercials that was time spent eh. it's the larry that crown was, of actions that was the just chef. like hey what we had some fun i guess chef Chef. And what was your first break? I mean, you started like interning for things and or PAing for things. Yeah, I was an intern. But like, how do you even do that? Like, so many people are like, how do you how do you get in? And you did it. I got very lucky. Uh, part of coming out here was I came out here for my last semester of college. Uh, I went to UT for film, and when I came out here, they uh, have this program where it's like, oh, you go out for a semester and you do an internship while you're there. And I applied to be an intern at Ben Stiller's company, Red Hour. And I met uh, Mike Rosenstein, who is the best, and just like sort of got in. And this is all while I was doing like Twitter and Vine stuff. So they sort of knew me as like the guy who was doing stuff online on the internet and whatnot, and like paing for productions where I got to know like the guys from. So Titanic they knew you from and, Vine. Yeah, they started to. Well, I don't think they knew me before, but they saw that I was doing that stuff while I was also an intern at the company. And they're oh. Like, oh, okay, this guy likes comedy. So eventually I just, like, Rosenstein, who was producing all the comedy stuff, was like, okay, well, he likes comedy. Well, if you want to work these comedy things, go for it. Like, he had me a Meltdown where I met you. Yeah. And, like, just PAing on their different, like, comedy productions and whatnot and just getting in there. And then when I left, uh, I went to be uh, an office manager at uh, ADHD, if you know them. Mm -mm. They were an animation studio that does not exist anymore. It was like they made... Uh, Axe Focus and uh, Lucas Bros and like a okay. bunch of different like short animation series and I was doing that for a while just like moving computers and figuring out what angle to put TVs at. How did you get the first internship though? 
I I mean, I just reached out to a million people. It really was just like a shotgun approach of being like, okay, what's on entertainmentcareers.net? And then sending them a resume and being like, here's all of the things that I have done before. And I went to film school and I'm capable of doing this and I have a car. And I think they were just kind of like, yeah, he works. I just got... It but you not, weren't making any money? No. Were you working a job or were your parents helping? I My parents were helping. Yeah. Because I was still... I, I'm not saying that to embarrass you. No, I, I'm totally open. It's just an important I was part very of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not like I, I put my bootstraps up and now I just got a job. But dude, everybody that's saying they put their bootstraps... You know, there's somebody... There's, usually... Yeah. There might be somebody to the side that's like, yeah, if you can't eat, we'll help you. Right. And it's always like there's like you're not the most layer of privilege where it's like your parents paid for everything. But it's like if you go down a few steps, there's something where it's like a lot of people don't have that. And for me, it was not that deep. It was that's I was right. still in college. My parents were taking care of me. Right. Or I was living off of just saved money I had. That part of the story is usually skipped over. Yeah. And I, I, I like including it. So so you uh, they saw you vining. They were like a thing. And then the ADHD. And then the thing, and, and then, then I left ADHD because someone who was an assistant at uh, Red Hour went on to work at Funny or Die, and was just kind of like, "We're putting together a digital team." I know you like did all those cool Vine stuff, or all that cool Vine stuff. Would Isn't you it like funny, to be... man? You didn't want to be known as a Vine guy. I know. And twice Vine opened the door for you. It, it keeps becoming a thing where it's just like all these things that I'm trying to be like, oh, "That's not me." Whatever. It's like, yeah, but it's still very helpful to you. So then I'm like, "Well, I'll jump back in." And again, we I think to Bo is like Bo was like, "I'm not a." YouTube personality, right? But the way that he kind of put that argument to rest was just like making other great stuff, exactly. But I, I don't know if he, well, no, he probably, like he probably had some of that intensity too. What intensity? The intensity that's like, God damn it, I'm not a Vine guy. Yeah, there, there's like a piece you can make with it where it's like, I was excited the first time I saw you. Because I knew about because I knew you from Vine, yeah. and that's okay. No, yeah, it's not a bad. It's yeah. it's the. I think that I'm just always dealing with this. I think also the internet makes it so much worse because you see all of the people who interact with you on just that level instead of just like it every so often you come across a person which is just like oh I like this thing because if it's just. If it's happening constantly, then you are beaten down with the idea that's like, this is all that you are to everybody. Where it's like, if you're not on the internet seeing everything that everyone says about you, then you don't know. And you're that's just right. kind of like making things for fun. That's right. Like keeping your eyes on your paper. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good lesson. So you look over at the other paper, they're just writing, that guy's a viner. That's right. And who? you don't even need to look at that. No. <laughs> you're going to fail the test. It's like, like, I didn't see a single Gilmore Guys comment about my episode. And, <laughs> and therefore, you had design. a blast. And therefore, I'm one of the greatest episodes of that podcast exactly. there's ever been. Top five. Classic. <laughs> the way that I knew the show. The way that I understood the podcast. The way that you turned it into a Mad Men podcast almost immediately. Did I? <laughs> I, I think I remember just being like, we're talking about Mad Men a lot. But also, no, and I don't think that's bad because so much of that podcast is just us going to other things and be like, all right, we got to talk more about Gilmore Girls, and people eventually Hilarious. came to like it. Hard to stay on Gilmore Girls, hard for to an hour. yeah, but it was fun. It what was. a great time! And then where where did the first writing job come? Because that's tricky too. So I was working on uh, at midnight and also doing Gilmore Guys at that point. So viney stuff. Yeah, I was. I mean, doing just so many different like digital creation things. But I, I think I told so many people I wanted to be a writer, and then I went to college for writing and film. And at the same time, I like got uh, to be friends with Megan Amram and Aisha Maharer, who were working on uh, The Good Place with Mike Sure. And I think they had like I think a video I had made had come to their attention because 
it was like parks and rec related and the entire room was parks and rec people. And at the same time they were looking for a new staff writer and they put my name in the ring and I got to meet with Mike Schur and David Miner. And I just, I think the interview went well enough that they were like, yeah, let's give him a shot. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. But it is another story where it's just kind of like, yeah, it's people, you know, you got to know people, but, it, but you put yourself in a position to know people. Exactly. And you were here. Yes. You could have been in Texas still. I could have been in Texas still. Thank God I wasn't. And you could have not been making six second hilarious videos. It was really, I got to give it up for vines. I got to give it up for, uh, I was even just trying to think of one vine I did. What out did the other viners? Where are they? <laughs> I think a lot of them jumped to YouTube or to like podcasting. I think, I don't know. People just followed whatever their thing was. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are doing Instagram videos now. Every time I hit the explore page, I see someone doing a weird sped up face and I'm like, okay. Ah, that sounded mean and snide, but uh, I get other it. people are more filled by it. What happened to that guy that was like, did you know that guy that was like, and that's my life. He was um, Latino, I think. I do not know who this person okay. is. We got to go. <laughs> we got to get out of this area. No, he, he's Latino. Describe him more. Um, oh, wait, wait. Uh, fucking Rudy. Rudy. I think he's a musician now. He was a great musician. Yeah. So, so many of his vines were just like. What the fuck? Like him playing the piano. I think I think there's always like on Vine, you would always see certain things where you, you can kind of tell, like that's what the person wants to do, and that was one of his. Where you just kind of like you want to make music, man. You want to do cool musical things. But then he was funny, and he made funny videos, yeah. and it was like, what's going on? What's going on? I think on some level, like you had to on Vine, like you couldn't just. Well, I mean, some people straight up made a career out of just being musical on Vine, so I don't know what I'm saying. Is anyway. that true? Yeah. Uh, Tori Kelly, who's like now just this incredible pop star, was first singing stuff on Vine. Really? Yeah. And I think Sean Mendez was too. I'm going to... Why did it go away? Why did Vine go yeah. away? Didn't make money. Oh, yeah. It didn't make money. Why did it cost so much money that it needed to make so much money? Uh, every second you saw, $10. Get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, no idea why. Well, I, are you aware... Because I wasn't aware of the Gilmore Girls. Uh, on this podcast, we talk about the meaning of life and all that stuff. Yes. Uh, were you raised uh, religioso? I was. Uh, I, I mean, I think for my parents, religion was very cultural to them. They were uh, they were born and raised in Nigeria. Well, not born. They were raised in Nigeria. Where were they born? Uh, my dad was born in England. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> That's how he talks. Hi, governor. Hello. Hello, hello son. I think... This is the best cake I've ever had. <laughs> this is the best cake I've ever had. That's my mom's voice. <laughs> Where was she born? Uh, she was all, She was born in Nigeria. Okay. Yeah. I was also born in London, though. Huh? Yeah. Left when I was three years old, though. So it's barely a connection for me. Just a fun thing I like to mention. You could have the dual Sid. I do have dual Sid. Nice. Yeah. So they were raised what? They were raised just Christian. I don't think there's any denomination of Christian because uh-huh. when they came to America, they just found like a non-denominational church and like took me and it was just this thing that I, as a kid, was like, ah, church again. So I, church again. Is it Sunday? Uh, yeah. but I always loved whenever my parents like just couldn't be bothered to go to church. I was like, hell yeah, I get my Sunday back. And then I did nothing anyway. So I know that's yeah. the feeling of life. It really is. Oh man, if I if only I didn't have to go to this thing. And then it's canceled and it just cuts to you sitting on the couch looking at your phone. Yeah. It's like that's that, what you wanted. It's that Mulaney joke of like canceling plans is like heroin. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know it. 
Oh, I think he said in terms of instant relief, canceling plans is like doing heroin, where it's just <laughs> the most freeing. Like you're like, oh hell yeah! I, I know. know. Jimmy Kimmel said if it's on the calendar, I don't want to do it, and I was like, that is my life. I yeah. think I love that. So you went to church, but it was just a dumb thing. Yeah, and there were little points where I, I suddenly had like spikes where I was just like, oh maybe I do really feel this, but then it would always like quickly fade away. I was just kind of like, I don't want to be here during the music or the sermon. Like what what clicked? I think there was one time where I went to like a church camp, and I remember just hearing a story in a room with people and just being so enthralled by it. But I was just, that I was just kind of like, wow, my faith is stronger than it's ever been before. And then like I think by the end of the camp, I was just like, I don't know what that was about. Interesting. What was the story about? I don't even remember. But somebody was telling like probably an emotional story. Yeah. I think it was... It was probably a car accident. No, it was like, I think a story from the Bible. I want to say... Oh, really? Yeah. I think it was like someone being put in a furnace or something. Is that... Oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Maybe. Those are basketball players. Yeah. Okay. For the Knicks? (laughs) Yeah. Shadrach, he's on fire. Shadrach, Scarlet, Scarlet. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... I can't tell the story with the right details, yeah. but they were thrown in a furnace and they did not burn up. Yes. And I remember down and they were like walking around in the furnace. I remember hearing that story and just being like, that's insane. God's power. And then I, I don't remember <laughs> what happened or like why I, that feeling faded. But I also just remember being like, oh, what a weird spike in my faith that has never really returned. Yeah. But it's not like I'm, I don't think of myself as like an atheist now. I'm just kind of like, I don't think about religion. So I'm just floating around being like, hey, he could exist. Who knows? <laughs> that is the most honest I don't explanation of that. A lot of people have that. Yeah. But I just, I don't like sitting in the idea where it's like, no, he definitely doesn't. That's crazy. Because I'm just like, I, everything is crazy. The fact that we're here and that there was a before and that there's an after, it all makes no sense. Why am I going to sit here and tell you that like he does, he couldn't possibly, I'm just like, I don't care. It doesn't affect my life in any way if he does or doesn't infinite possibilities, infinite possibilities. Okay. And I also don't think of it as, as religion as only the con- conceit that God does or doesn't exist, but it's just all stuff. that I'm like, I don't think about it enough to place myself in any camp. So why take a stance at all? But even though you heard stories of people being thrown in furnaces and stuff, it, it didn't like scar you or, or traumatize you and the idea that you're like i need to be with this guy no i need to be with the guy that protects people in the furnace i i do think it's like that thing of people saying there are no atheists in the foxhole where it's like oh i think in the best case scenario i could just believe it and like follow my life according to the rules of christianity and at the end of my life just be like well if it was all for nothing then oh well but if it was all for good then thank god i did it but at the same time i'm just kind of like like what principles would I need to follow that I don't already naturally follow? And would I, would following them make my life like worse or would it make my life just me trying to constantly live up to this thing where like, why am I doing this? If not for like, if, if, sorry, uh, here's the thing. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You're already being moral. Mm. So you don't need it for some sort of ethical lifeguard. Right. Your life is already pleasant. You're getting, your fulfillment and things. Totally. So you're like, I'm not, I don't feel a lack. So you don't feel like the need for like a life system to be imposed on exactly. yours. So I'm just like, what extra thing would I need to do to be following the tenets of Christianity that I wouldn't already be doing? And if I need to follow them, then it is, it, is it like a true and pure life? Am I going to go like die and meet God? And he's going to be like, well, you were doing it all just to meet me. So it doesn't count. Like, I think that's so interesting. I, I, what you're talking about is um, Pascal's wager, which I hate. Yeah. Which is like you might as well believe in God because if you die, of course, you get to meet him. And I'm like, well, what kind of God is like fooled by that? But the idea for me of spirituality being that there's like an awakening, there's a a, a way to view the world 
a little bit more lightly, yeah. then that is beneficial to me. That's one of the reasons why I find it interesting. Of course, that is probably something that might come later or maybe not at all, mm. but you're not worried about like uh, what happens when you die, for example. I, I mean, I'm constantly worried about it, but not in any meaningful way where I'm just like, it's worth thinking about or changing my life to prepare for that because I just feel like the meaning of life is to make something good either for yourself or future generations and if i'm constantly worrying about how to like prepare for death then i won't be able to fully live in any meaningful way so i'm just like don't just it's gonna happen nothing i say or do will stop it from happening let it go there's a werewolf in the room let's just eat dinner yes (laughs) exactly what i was thinking (laughs) we're all just acting like there isn't a werewolf in the room these tacos are these wheat? These are delicious tacos. The corn. Don't, don't look at the werewolf, honey. <laughs> don't look at the werewolf. It's going to eat us. Enjoy your tacos. But you think it's over when you die? I do. And I think, I mean, you know what's funny is listening to Bo's episode of this podcast ages ago sort of cemented one of the reasons that I think I do. He said something where he was like, uh, if like one part of your brain is damaged, then like so many things are fucked up. So it makes no sense that all of it being damaged is like you're you're up in this different place now to me it's just like i think that the brain at some point loses all function and then you just are gone like you don't have any cognitive ability to imagine a different place and it's not like all of your brain dying is like an unlocking to a door where it's like well now that you're completely dead welcome to this different place right so no soul then i the idea there that's being sort of put to the side is the idea that your brain which is constructing reality and perceiving reality and having thoughts and memories and interpreting things is, is a tool of your soul, your essence. Right. I don't think I believe that per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's over. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I would, it's also like sort of terrifying to think of eternity as a conceit that, or as a concept that it's like, well, when you die, you're going to live forever in this other place. Cause I think I'd just be so, aware of that and being like well i'm just gonna live forever like it just doesn't end. see I that's think- interesting i think we're in eternity right now i've yeah. actually been thinking about that a lot lately is like well, this is eternity right it's not like you die and eternity begins we're in we're participating in eternity right yeah. now and there is a sun going around our rock and that gives us the sense of time and days and we know we decay at a certain rate and all totally. that stuff. but really in the timeless moment that is eternity and it, it doesn't start when we die. It's something that's happening right now. Yeah. Let's fucking smoke this joint, man. Let's fucking <laughs> get out of here, man. Because eternity is either going forever or it's not. So and it doesn't both like... are equally terrifying to me. Yeah, but, you know, my... And I don't think I have it figured out, but I'm like, it just seems like whatever this is is just going to keep undulating. Yeah. You know, I, I don't see a lot of just like... And then it ends. We just lop it off and it's gone. gone. I see a lot of like undulating like a fountain yeah hmm. like the way that the water there's no new water in the fountain but it just keeps going just, around and yeah. around and around I and do. therefore the, then the benefit of of spirituality or mysticism would be to stop playing the game right would to be get, to get out of the fountain potentially i think a lot or at of, least realize you're in the fountain about the concept of reincarnation and how it's like that would be there's something sort of relaxing about the idea that you might come back in a different form and just sort of like get to play the game again. Yeah. And I, I think it's fascinating, but I also am just like, is it like, I don't know. I think a lot of thinking, is it wishful thinking or is it also just like, would it matter? Like how, what is the, what is constant? If you were coming back as a different person, you don't know you're the previous person. Like what is, if you're being reincarnated, like 
what is it's like the the uh, Theseus paradox or well, what is it is it called the, the the ship of Theseus where it's like how many pieces can you replace before it's the same thing or a different yeah, thing yeah so it's just like if you are reincarnated as a different being but you don't know that you've you're that previous being are you really the same person or are you just like oh it's you like you light a candle with another candle is it the same flame yes yeah and you blow out the first candle is mm. that the same flame uh yeah I I'm with you man I I'm not in the mood to like try to. Or solve it you and or or even try to solve it intellectually i think we can do it i think we can if yeah, we, if people we go try for but it. they haven't put us together ah that's true collaboration we've never been in this little slice of infinity infinity, infinity. Then there you go <laughs> um but yeah so i'm not really in the mood to like try and write some poem with you that's gonna like right. make us feel complete and great about it I think I think the mystery is really interesting and and it's enough for me today. Same. I don't know. Sometimes you're, I, I catch myself going. It, that sounds like wishful thinking. The idea that it is a game and, and we're going to keep we're going to keep going around and around until we learn something. Right. But then I also there's other times. I don't really care. I'm, I'm at a point where I'm like I don't really care if my brain can make sense of it. I like to say uh, Pete isn't enlightened, but I am. There's something behind my brain that just goes like. Look at Pete and Demi trying to put words to something that's unspeakable yeah. and trying to get their hands around something that's ungrabbable. And that's all part of it. That's all part of the dance. It's all part of the play. But behind it is something that is so unconcerned with that. Yeah. And, and, and my elemental essence doesn't care that I have days where reincarnation sounds like probable and days where it doesn't. Totally. I'm not in the business I used to be of converting my intellect. Sure. I enjoy using my intellect, but he is such a fucking wayward, undulating, fluctuating, changing. It's so, what I'm saying is like when P was 15, he was so sure he was that. Mm -hmm. And when he was 25, he was so sure he was that. He thought 15 was wrong. And now I'm 39 and I'm so sure I'm this. They're never right. But what is consistent? It's like what we were saying about your career. There's an essence, there's a basic awareness behind it all that is just kind of going like, look at the fucking show. This this life is chef. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. But it's not the fucking point. I'll be here when when you're ready, I'll be here. <laughs> I, I think the only thing that can that I or the only reason I'm even constantly thinking about it is because I think of it as like this weird great riddle that it's like there might be an answer and maybe someone will figure it out but the second someone does figure it out then all of life is just going to blink out of existence but I, I don't think that that's reasonable or any sort of I don't know what that's based on. It's just like I don't think about it most of the time. But anytime anyone asks me about it, I'm just kind of like, well, what? Let me put all the pieces of this puzzle together and solve it. What's the right answer? But then I'm like, it doesn't matter. And I don't think about it. Why am I trying to solve it in this moment? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Yeah. I do like to imagine God just uh, like up in some weird uh, white space just going, mm, they think they're going to get it. They're never yeah. going to get it. It's Ron Funches. Yeah. God is Ron Funches, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> And this, he's going to walk through that door and like, you solved it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my best Ron Funches. I didn't know you had one. I didn't know I had one either. Wow. I was like, just go for it. Just go for it right now. That's it. Yeah. That's that confidence. <laughs> I've got the Pete in me. <laughs> Man, Pete barely has Pete in him today. <laughs> but I, I'm glad we talked about it. Well, I love that God chat. That makes yeah. me happy. Makes I'm me glad. feel good. I love talking to you too. I love talking to you, Pete. Do you have anything you want to promote here at the end? Um, uh, mm. I do. Mm. Um, I just got a motorcycle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do a podcast called Punch Up the Jam. 
where we yeah new podcast uh we basically talk about hit songs uh just go like line by line through the lyrics and go like are these lyrics insane and they more often than not are yeah uh and then at the end of every episode we have like we do like a punch-up of it which is under the conceit that uh since this song is crazy we fixed it but it's really us just making like a parody version of the song i love it it's so fun uh it's a lot of work but it also is just i don't know very fulfilling and i don't know it's fun to do another podcast that's great yeah and I'm going to, we'll Tyler Durden you. Do you get oh, that reference? I have no idea who that is. Your answer, Raymond. You, you haven't seen Fight Club? No, I'm kidding. I've seen Fight Club. You're fun. <laughs> you're a fun friend. I want someone to Tyler Durden you and you'll be Raymond and be like, you're going to finish. Who's Raymond? Raymond is the convenience store worker that he takes in back and makes it look like he's going to kill him if he doesn't become a vet. Ah. A veterinarian. Yeah. I want, it's like, I, I want that Demi movie, man. Let's get it. I want it too. Let's finish it up. Someone, someone just email me and be like, I'll give you a billion dollars. I, I have, yeah, right. I also, I want you to find someone you can show it to, even if it is just a friend, because I, I'm sorry that I'm tacking this on at no, the please. end. You might be deleting the best parts. I'm, you know what I mean? You yeah. don't know. That's I, So I wrote a book, right? Mm-hmm. I give it to my editor. My editor cut out huge swaths of it, but at least it was an impartial second person that was just like, I just don't think this is what you're going for. Totally. Like they're trying to tune in. They're trying to become a satellite to your planet. You're still the planet, but they're like, look, from what I know about your planet, I think your movie is more like this and not this. So I don't know if we need this uh, takeout scene. Um, so we're going to take out the takeout scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, uh, if you're just doing it, you might be at the mercy of your moods. You might just be like, the day yeah. that you're low, you cut that scene that might have been the lobster scene in Annie Hall. You know what I mean? Because you just were feeling low. Right. So find that friend. Yeah. And the thing is, like, every time I write anything and show it to someone, I always get very, like, notes that I'm like, yeah, I do agree with that. So I don't know what I'm afraid of. But I also yeah. just kind of like, I think on some level, even just the process of finishing it is hard to me because I'm just kind of like, it's never going to be what i want it to be it's never going to be perfect so i'm just like i just like put all these other things in well that's why that's why showbiz has two things built into it collaboration it forces collaboration yeah so that's what like producers and all these people are and the network and the studio or whatever it is so it forces that yeah because it knows that it's good (laughs) probably sure even if you're going to be an auteur and you're going to maintain 90 percent, use that 10 percent is important to get a little bit of feedback and then the other one is a deadline I was going to say that's the big thing for me is I, it's it. hard for me to just make something without I, I've realized that my book will never be done yeah there'll just be a week where I just go like and that's it <laughs> you know the, the biggest otherwise thing for there's me, no book yeah otherwise we're just journaling you, is it a journal <laughs> or a movie right it's just a fictional journal yeah. of a person that's never existed yeah I the big thing for me that I've realized is telling someone else that I'm going to have it to them by a certain date because I'm like, well, I can't disappoint them. And that's the biggest that's motivator for me in getting that's anything great. ever done. Yeah. But it's hard when it's just something that I'm writing for myself and the only deadline is to like my manager where I'm just kind of like, I didn't meet it. And they're like, all right, whatever. We'll sell the idea. I, I don't know how to do that. I mean, I do, but I, I don't know how to. It's like, well, no, who's going to buy an idea from someone that's not done it before? I mean, I, I suppose I think what my manager might say or what other managers would say is you need to make like a short film or something, something you can produce on your exactly. own. Exactly. And then if you make a nice short film, 
then people would be like, hey, do you have any feature ideas? Mm-hmm. And then they'll pay you to write the script. I have been trying. I, I like one of my big resolutions for this year was just another big thing. I mean, just in terms of wanting to direct and make stuff is like I either want to make a short film or start making music videos because I'm fucking yeah. obsessed with music videos and just as them, using them as like a form for short form art. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I just have to reach out to people and be like, hey, let me make a music video for you. Totally. And it's so hard for me to do because it's just me asking someone to do something. And I'm like, that's just always a weird. Yeah. Somebody, I'm starting. Maybe they'll hear this and they'll reach out to you on Instagram. They're going to reach out and be like, hey, man, I heard that you want to make a music video. Let me just say, don't. Ah, but you're absolutely right. The small things, but you're not out of order or anything. You'll have the script and you have the idea ready, locked and loaded, ready to go. Right. You're just like a short film away. Like Oren, the guy who directed my Batman videos. I know Oren. Got, yeah, yeah. He got his directing jobs and producing jobs from making those. Really? In part, he was making other stuff. Yeah, and then the other thing, though, not—I'm not giving you this advice. I just, whenever we're doing this, it's helpful to remember: just make the music video or the short film because you want to make that table. Right. You just want to carve that desk, you know, for its own sake, and then enjoy the opportunities that it gets you later. Because yeah. people can feel it if you're just like you were just making this to prove. But you know what? I don't know, man. The thing is, like, I only... How did Lena Dunham make tiny furniture? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that. those are the stories we need to, like... You need to listen to some Lena Dunham podcasts. I gotta... Everyone says I should be listening to more Lena Dunham, and I'm just not doing it enough. (laughs) But, I mean, she was your age, or maybe younger, I think. Oh, that's... Yeah, she was. And she made tiny furniture. So, like, I wish I could tell you, but I know that there are podcasts where she's talking about that. And, and, you know, Jordan's different because he had Key and Peele, but there are other... And Bo's different, but Bo's not that different. I think one big thing for me is also just I keep doing too many different things. And it's like just taking up all the time that I would have to even do this like one thing that I really want to do that's like a stepping stone to me doing bigger things. And it's yeah. just like I'm going, oh, no, I'm going to do this podcast, which I just promoted, <laughs> this podcast. Right. Or like, oh, I'm going to do uh, this it weird It might be a writing. little fear of failure. Or, it, also, or it might be it's fear it's of so success. Much fear of failure. It's like as long as I don't. Uh, allow myself to collect in this one area, then I can't be fully rejected. Yeah. But it would be like, maybe it's time to like start going, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable enough to say, I worked really hard on this short film. I hope people like it. Right. <laughs> it's so fucking difficult. Or set some goals, write some goals. Yeah. Now's the time to do that. I just. <laughs> You're like... also fine. I thought you were 34. You're doing fine. <laughs> I feel 34. I, I'm just, it's also just, it's fine as I am. I think also just, we live in the worst city and the worst industry for this, where it's just like, you see other people doing it and it's like, they're also your age and you're just kind of like, well then what, it's my problem. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm sure they are also feeling the same thing, but it's just, everyone's fulfilled by different things and you kind of go like, if they can do it, why can't I do it? What am I not doing? That's right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like we uncovered the idea. Uh, there is, we need to own the vulnerability of putting yourself out there right? and and what you do with that. Here's the great news is these conversations and these thoughts that you're even having with yourself and other conversations that you're having about this, they, they don't just like pass through you. Yeah. They're accumulating somewhere in your brain. And eventually one day you're going to go, it's time to fucking make my clerks. I'm going to make my short movie clerks. Yeah. And that's going to lead to the making of get in, get in, get out too. get in. I got to also get the rights to get out. To make get in, because yeah, it'll be illegal that. otherwise. And then you could make nosotros, <laughs> <laughs> the Spanish language the movie us. Where, where they're listening to you know Spanish music in the car. Yeah, and then he sees a hobo with dripping blood, <laughs> and then another Spanish family comes. I'm actually going to call it y'all. 
If you want to get loco, we can get loco. Yo! Yo. I love it. All right, well, listen to your podcast, and we're all going to love your movie, and it's going to be out in 2022. Oh, I don't have that. Oh, that's so soon. I know. Yeah, okay. I'll do 2022. It. You I know. have a prom. If you are the person I'm beholden to now. Yeah. Great. Dude, you got to sell the script this year if yeah. you're going to get that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for doing it, man. Thank you. Well, you got to say keep it I was going to say, do we still say the thing? Yeah, you do it. Keep it crispy. Hell yeah. I've dreamt of that moment. <laughs> You did it. See? <laughs> I did it. You did it. And it only took me five years. We're not going to study how other people do it. We're, We're going to do how it. You did it. Yeah. You're just an ordinary demigod. <laughs> <laughs>